in just one minute. Continuing on and talking about Jim Perry's record against the Baltimore Orioles this year with two wins and one loss and the three starts that he made. And it's kind of interesting to point out the fact that in the starts that Perry and Play are made against the Twins and the Orioles this year that both of them figured in decisions each time they went out. Perry pitched 19 and two-thirds innings against the Baltimore Ball Club. He did not finish a game against them. And he had uh, a 3.60 earned run average against the Orioles this year. In the 19 and two-thirds innings that he pitched against the Orioles, he gave up 20 hits, 28 hits, including 10 in a six and two-thirds innings performance and 12 in a six-inning performance. The Orioles uh, banged him around pretty good in the 1970 season for uh, 28 safeties in the 19 and plus innings that he worked against the Birds this year. He gave up two home runs, one to Powell and another to Buford. Well, the play is the thing. You can forget about the 108 victories for the Orioles in the 1970 season, the 11 straight victories that they had at the end of the year to set a new club record. This very fine performance by the Minnesota Twins in the 70 season by their first-year manager, Bill Rigney, coming over from California. This year, they won 98 games, one more than they won last year for Billy Martin. But now it's a best three out of five series between the Minnesota Twins and the Baltimore Orioles. And today, it's Jim Perry against Mike Cuellar. Tomorrow, it'll be Hall against McNally. And possibly on uh, Monday, it looks like Palmer for sure for the Orioles against uh, the youngster Bird Blylevin for the Minnesota Twins. That's the setup of the rotation for the first three games to be played between these two ball clubs. But as mentioned, the first club to win three in the best three out of five series moves on to the World Series. The Twins are hungry for the fact that they lost three in a row last year to the Orioles. And the Orioles, of course, would like very much to get back into the World Series once again and prove that they can be the world's champions of baseball after the, the loss that they had to the Mets last year in five games. Well, one of the uh, political candidates, uh, Congressman, uh, Mr. Charles McGregor, has thrown out the first ball to catcher George Mitterwald. Don Buford is standing in the batter's box at the moment, ready to face Jim Perry, and it's a pleasure to bring to the microphone for the first half of action of our first game of the American League Championship Series between the Twins and the Orioles, Chuck Thompson. Thank you very much, John Gordon. Good afternoon, everybody. We're ready to go, and this is what the Orioles and the Twins have been playing for throughout the 1970 campaign. Perry is on the mound. Buford, who hit 272 over the year, is at the plate. He is the left-handed swinger against the right-hand offerings of Perry on the first pitch of the ball game is high and outside, ball one and we're underway. Around the Minnesota infield, Chilabrew is very shallow on the infield grass at third. Up a couple of steps at shortstop is Cardenas. Deep at second base is Danny Thompson. Ball two is high and outside to Buford. And uh, straight away and rather deep at first base is Rich Reed. 
The outfield has Brad Allier in left field. The center fielder is Cesar Tovar. Tony Oliva in right field. George Mitterwald is the catcher. And the 2-0 to Buford is low and inside and a ball three. A couple of the smaller men on these two rosters. The man at the plate now, Don Buford. The man in center field, Cesar Tovar, have played very important roles in the games played between Minnesota and Baltimore this year. The 3 nothing pitch to Buford is a ball four outside. A leadoff walk to Don Buford. Perry, who in 278 innings walked only 57 batters, has walked leadoff hitter Buford on four pitches. And now here is Paul Blair. Over the year, Blair hit 267. And when you take into consideration that this young man was hit in the face by a pitch in California earlier this year and it nearly ended his baseball career, he has made indeed a remarkable comeback. Quick throw to first, back safely, is base runner Buford. Whereas Killebrew was on the grass at third against the left-handed stance of Buford, he is even with a bag a couple of steps off the grass at third against Blair. The infield is up in what could be called a double play depth. Perry pitched to Blair. The bunt was on. He took it outside for over the outside corner for a strike. Blair squared, ran the hands up the bat, and took a breaking ball over the outer portion of that letter high for a strike called. Perry is, to say the least, an outstanding competitor, and he is a remarkable control pitcher. A throw to first base back safely again is Don Buford. When Perry is Perry, and he is then able to throw all of his pitches just where he wants it. He seldom gets anything above the waist. Now it's one strike offering to Blair, swinging a foul out of play behind the plate, and the count is two strikes to Paul Blair. As John Gordon told you, we have a very beautiful, if kind of chilly, Saturday afternoon in the Metropolitan Stadium in Bloomington, Minnesota. And a repeat of the first American League Championship Series when the Orioles won free straight is now beginning here in Bloomington this afternoon. Blair hits a high fly ball right field way. Tony Oliva is tracking the ball, and the twin right fielder bangs the glove once, makes the catch, and Blair has been retired in the fly to right fielder Tony Oliva. Now, there is an intense wind this afternoon here at the Met. It is blowing kind of toward right center, if that makes any sense. It's varying. Every now and then, it seems to be going straight away to center field, and then it swings a little bit off toward right field. The batter now is Booth Powell. Over this uh, campaign just completed, over the 70 season, Powell hit 297. He knocked in 114 runs. And he hit 35 home runs and was the more effective Oriole hitter against the Twins in the 12 games they played. The pitch to Powell is a strike outside corner of the knees. The twin infield is cut well around to the first base side. The outfield is very deep and around the right field. A leave of the right fielder might be four paces off the warning track. The fence out there is 358 feet away in straightaway right field. A tremendously deep center field at 430 feet. Here's a quick throw to first base. Buford, who opened the game with a walk, is back safely. The fence in center and in left field is 12 feet high. The right field fence is 8 feet high. 358 straight into right field and 346 straight down the left field line. The pitch to Powell, swinging a ground ball. He scores the second base and he's got it. The throw to shortstop, one out, back to first, double play. Quick double play, shortstop, uh, second baseman, shortstop to first, and the Orioles are out of the top half of the first inning. At the end of a half inning of play, the score is Baltimore nothing, and of course, Minnesota nothing. I'm a quiet man. I don't believe in getting emotional. I didn't even get excited when I saw my monthly bills piling up. One month, they amounted to over $2,000. 
other men might have gone into a blind panic. I went into deep thought. I found out about commercial credit interest saver loans. I was able to pay off my time payment bills at less per month. If your time payment bills come to about $2,000, you could save money too. Add up the finance charges you're paying now. They're printed on your bills. Then compare those charges against the amount of interest you'd pay on a commercial credit loan. I'll never forget the first word I said when I found out how much money commercial credit could save me. It was, Yahoo! Commercial credit loans up to $5,000. 17 conveniently located offices in the Baltimore area to serve you. See your yellow pages. Very quickly, we'll run down the Minnesota batting order for you. Cesar Tobar will lead off. Leo Cardenas will bat second. To be followed by Harmon Killebrew. Tony Oliva is the number four batter. To be followed by Brand Elia, batting fifth. Rick Reese is uh, playing at first base and batting in the sixth spot. And the catcher, George Mitterwald, is batting seventh. Danny Thompson, the second baseman, is batting eighth. And Jim Perry, the pitcher, is batting ninth. Following Luke Powell, it's Frank Robinson, Ellie Hendricks, Brooks Robinson, Dave Johnson, Mark Belanger, and Mike Playard to complete the Orioles' batting order. Here's Tobar stepping in, and once again, Chuck. Here is Cesar Tobar. Manager Bill Rigney of the Twins has referred to him as his tr uh, trigger man, and uh, Cuellar's first offering is low inside to Cesar. Ball one. He hit an even 300 on the year for the Minnesota Twins. And against the Orioles this year, Tobar hit just about 220. Foul ball down the right field side is going to be out of play. One ball, one strike for the right-hand swinging Cesar Tobar. Well, Tobar did not hit for an average against the Orioles. He was right in the middle of about everything the Twins needed to do to win seven of the 12 games played. Playar to the windup. The left-handers, one one offering to Tobar. It's high and a ball. Two balls and one strike. John Stevens is the plate umpire this afternoon with Bill Deegan, the umpire at first base. Daryl Satchel at second base, and Charlie Berry is at third. Cuellar 2-1 to the waiting Tovar, a looping foul out of play, and the count is now two balls and two strikes to the twin leadoff hitter, Cesar Tovar. He will be followed by Leo Cardenas and then Harmon Killebrew. Now the 2-2 offering, Cuellar rocks and throws. The left-handed pitch is hit in the air down the right field side toward the foul line. It's fading, fading. It is now a foul ball and out of the reach of the right fielder, Frank Robinson. So the count will hold a two balls and two strikes. Tobar has a very outstanding on-base uh, percentage. Topped only by the Oriole leadoff batter, Don Buford. Tobar's on-base percentage is .362, and Don Buford's is .410. So here in this matchup, you have two of the finest leadoff men in baseball. Swing and a ground foul. This one toward the Oriole dugout. And the count will hold the Tobar at two balls, two strikes. With the count 2-2, two -two, Tobar not lashing and ripping of the pitch. He is just trying to make contact. And on anything that is around the plate or in anywhere near the strike zone, he'll be giving it a cut to try and protect the plate. Cuellar has the sign, flashed by catcher Elrod Hendricks, delivering 2-2 to Tobar, line drive, base hit, left field. Buford is over to cut it off, and Tobar has reached with a single into left field. The first base hit of the ball game goes to Cesar Tobar, 
And now the batter will be Leo Cardenas. With a team that has as many outstanding players as the Minnesota Twins, with the likes of uh, Harmon Killebrew and the great Tony Oliva, it is hard to say that any one man has contributed uh, more than another to the success of the team. However, one of the moves that the Twins made that made them the good ball club they are today was when they acquired Leo Cardenas from the Cincinnati Reds. He put together the Minnesota infield, and it sorely needed it. Cardenas at 247 on the year, Cuellar throws tying away and a ball one. Cardenas did give indication of the bunt on the first pitch. Now the one nothing offering to the right-hand swinging Leo Cardenas. Tobar, who can fly, he swiped 30 bases this year, attracts a throw at first base. No play. A leadoff single by Tobar. And the first hit of the championship playoff series has gone to the Minnesota Twins. Cuellar again to first base, back safely, Tobar. No tag effort from Boog Powell, who is, of course, holding with him. The infield is about straight up to Cardenas, and a double play death. The outfield is about straight away, a swing and a foul on the screen, and the count, one ball, one strike, to the twin shortstop. Whereas the Orioles finished uh, in a rush with 11 straight victories, the Twins did have difficulty in the last couple of weeks of the campaign. Now the 1-1 offering coming down to Cardenas. Here's a bunt off the third base side. It's going to be hit by the pitcher by the third baseman. The throw to first. It's in time to get the sacrificing Leo Cardenas. Down to second base goes Tobar. Cuellar came off the mound quickly and uh, was about to make the pickup. And I believe Brooks Robinson hollered him off the ball. And Brooks made the pickup facing the throwing target. Got the throw away quicker than uh, Cuellar might have. So the sacrifice bunt from Cardenas has reached it. Has advanced Tobar to second base. And Cardenas retired third to first. One out, runner at second base, and here now is Harmon Killebrew hitting 271, and to say that he was effective against the Orioles this year would be the understatement of all time. Killebrew hit 333 against the Birds. He had three doubles. He hit six home runs and knocked in 13. The pitch to Killebrew, ground foul down the third base side, a slow curveball, and Killebrew well in front of it, pulled it foul. Strike one. The Orioles with Killebrew at the plate. Tovar at second. Now institute a Killebrew shift with three infielders between second and third. The pitch high and away. A ball and a strike to Harmon Killebrew. On the year, Killebrew hit 41 home runs, not in 113. Cuellar, a very rapid worker, is ready to go. He delivers 1-1, a slow curve on high and outside. Count stays now two balls and one strike. Killebrew has not hit a home run since September the 11th and only two runs batted in after September the 20th. And he's dropped down to the present batting average of 271. Cuellar with a 2-1 pitch to Harmon Killebrew. The left-handed curve hit in the air towards center field. Coming up is Paul Blair. It's into the base hit. Here is Tobar around third coming home. Blair's throw is over the head of everybody and down to second base goes Killebrew and the Twins lead one to nothing. Killebrew with a looping single into center field. It scored Tobar from second uh, with the first run of the ball game and Blair's throw looked as though it were headed for the broadcast booth. It went 
20 feet over the head of anybody around the plate and hit on the screen behind the plate. And on the throw to the plate, Killebrew moves to second base. So the Twins are on top, one to nothing in the bottom of the first inning. Killebrew has singled to center field to knock in the run. Killebrew takes second base on the throw to the plate. And now here is the third-ranking hitter in the American League this year, Tony Oliva, left-handed swinger. He finished the year at 325. So, uh, Cuellar, off to a difficult start against the rugged Minnesota Twins, has given up a run in two hits, one out in the bottom of the first, and the pitch to Oliva. High ball one. Oliva is asking plate umpire Stevens to take a look at the baseball. He found a blemish on it and is going to toss it out of the game. Against Oliva, the Oriole infield is set off to the first base side, uh, cut around very deeply toward first, and they're back uh, uh, almost to the outfield grass as Cuellar is ready with a 1-0 pitch to Tony Oliva. Foul ball going to be out of play. One ball, one strike. Sometimes people can liken Tony Oliva to the great pirate star Roberto Clemente. Uh, they say it is difficult to walk him. He is a notorious bad ball hitter. And uh, if he has a weakness, pitchers in the American League have not yet discovered what it is. One ball and one strike to Tony Oliva. Killebrew at second with one away. The Twins lead one to nothing. Foul ball out of play behind the plate. Cuellar leaning on the fastball this time. A ball and two strikes now to Tony Oliva. Well, the crowd at the Metropolitan Stadium in Bloomington this afternoon is a bit shy of what the Twins had hoped it would be. Uh, they expected, I think, in the vicinity of 30,000 or better, and it appears it might not make it. But this is, without a doubt, one of the great sport weekends in this part of the country. The one ball, two strike pitch to Tony Oliva. Cuellar is ready. The left-hander throw. A fly ball. Well, with deep center. Blair back, 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 back. He reaches up, makes the catch, and then hustles the throw into second base as Killebrew has to retreat. That ball had a chance of carrying over Blair's head, and only Blair's great speed allowed him to catch up with the ball and retire Oliva for the second out of the inning, and the Twins have hit the ball sharply off Cuellar here in the first inning. Here is Grant Allier, strong right-handed batsman, hit 291 over the year, and he has had phenomenal success in games pitched by Jim Perry. Very early this year, this young man had 25 runs batted in, and he had knocked in 21 of those 25 in games pitched by Jim Perry. Cuellar's pitch to Allier is high and away, ball one. The Twins won the Orioles nothing, bottom of the first inning. In the National League Championship Series, the Cincinnati Reds defeated the Pirates 3 to nothing in 10 innings at the Free River Stadium. The one nothing pitch to Allier. Cuellar deals, swing and a miss. He didn't get the screwball. Now we see it's a foul tip, and it was out of the mid of Hendricks. So the count holds one ball, one strike to Allier, and of course, Killebrew has to stay at second. Infield is a bit toward the third base side against Allier, but the outfield is way around the left and very deep. This young man has great power. 61 runs batted in this year, and he hit the home run ball 16 times. Screwball is outside. Two balls and a strike. Allier, in eight games against the Orioles, hit 158. He had a double and a home run and knocked in two runs. Cuellar's 2-1 offering to Brant Allier. Curve, strike two call, beautiful breaking pitch from Cuellar. Two and two. 
Young Hard looked for the sign by Mike Cuellar. And his 2-2 to Brant Allier. Fastball hit in the air foul and out of play on the first base side. Well, here at the Mets this afternoon, it is a top coat crowd, a blanket crowd. Today, hunting season, duck hunting season opened in this area. There is a great big football game being played here. The 2-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. Allier goes down swinging. The final out of the inning. The Twins get a run on two base hits at the end of an inning. It's Minnesota 1, Baltimore nothing. Energy to burn? What's this mean to you? Hi, folks. This is Brooks Robinson with an energy message from the Maryland Cooperative Milk Producers. When I'm playing third base, energy can mean the quick step that takes away the sure hit over the bag or the fast action that cuts down a runner on a perfect bunt down the third base line. Maybe you're not a baseball player, but whether you're an office worker, a housewife, a truck driver, or a student, you still need energy to do the job right. Energy that real, honest-to-goodness milk can provide. Milk is an important part of the balanced diet, and fresh, wholesome milk can give you the lift you need to get you going and keep you going all day. And take it from me, when those hot, sticky summer days start to wear you down, it's great to bounce back with a milk cooler. Just add your favorite flavoring and ice cream to a tall glass of refreshing milk, and you've got a real Major League winner. Yes, whether you're on the field, in the stands, or working in your yard, energy makes a difference. So when you need energy, do as Brooks Robinson does, and enjoy nature's best real milk. Well, as Chuck mentioned, it was Cincinnati 3, Pittsburgh nothing in the first game of the Eastern Division, or the uh, divisional winners in the National League, the East and the West. Gary Nolan, the winner, and Doc Ellis for those are 31,530 on hand at Pittsburgh today as the Reds beat the Pirates 3 to nothing. Chuck? Here is Frank Robinson with a fly ball, well hit to right field, going to the glove side and waiting for it as a leader. He makes the catch, and Frank has been retired on one pitch. Frank finished the season with a 3.06 batting average. And against the Minnesota Twins this year, in 46 at-bats, Frank hit 3.04. And now here is Elrod Hendricks. Hendricks on the year hit 2.42, but against the Minnesota Twins, a 4.07 swinger. And he is coming back from a broken finger, the index finger of the right hand. Elrod, Paul, Reed, Sin, left-handed batsman, strike over the inside corner beneath. Well, the Twins have given Perry a one-to-nothing lead in the very first inning, and sometimes that's like throwing a, throwing a drowning man a life preserver. Now the one-strike offering to Hendricks. Perry deals. He's high this time. One ball and one strike. Jim Perry, a 24-game winner. Now the 1-1 offering coming to Hendricks. Swing and a line drive over the head of the second baseman. It's a base hit out into right field. Danny Thompson waited, timed his jump, and couldn't get up enough to spear the line drive. And the first Oriole base hit of this first game of the championship series goes to Elrod Hendricks. A line drive single in the right field. Here is Brooks Robinson. Brooks had a very fine 276 year for Baltimore with 94 runs batted in. He hit the home run ball 18 times. And hit 280 this season in 12 games against the Minnesota Twins. Hendricks, the runner at first, with one out, and the batter, Brooks Robinson, looking at a ball low and away. The 
Twins broke on top with a run in the first inning, leading one to nothing. And the one nothing pitch coming to Brooks, swinging a line drive to left field. Here comes Brant Allier. He can't get there. It drops in for the base hit. Elrod Hendricks takes second as Brooks Robinson singles to left. And on that base hit, we have the time to drop out for a station break. We do that by saying this is the Baltimore Orioles Baseball Network. Jones Boy. Bob Jones, that is, with music and friendly chatter. Evenings on Radio 11, WBAL Baltimore. Well, Frank Robinson opened the top of the second with a fly ball to right fielder Oliva. Then Hendricks drilled a single to right. Brooks Robinson has single to left. And at the plate now, Dave Johnson, right-handed batsman with a 281 seasonal mark. And Perry works the strike over the inside corner of the knees. Perry, a thinking fastball, slider ball pitcher with, as a rule, outstanding control. And uh, seldom if ever does he get above the weight. He keeps everything down. Now the one strike offering to Dave. Swing and a foul. Going to be out of play. And the count two strikes for the Orioles second baseman Dave Johnson. Johnson against the Twins this year in 41 at bat. It's 3-17. Two strikes to Johnson, one out in the inning. Oriole runners, Hendricks second, Brooks Robinson first, and the pitch from Perry. Inside low on the ball, one and two. One ball, two strikes to count time is called as uh, Perry would like to talk with his catcher, George Mitterwald. If there is one overriding theme that you hear from both sides, from the Twins and from the Orioles, when it concerns this playoff series in Minnesota to be continued in Baltimore, is the fact that anything, anything can happen in a five-game series. A windblown pop-up, a bad bounce, and it can be all over. One ball, two strikes for the batter, Dave Johnson. Perry is ready to go. The right-hander throws. Look out, he's hitting on the hand, and I'm not sure whether it's the right or the left hand, but Perry has hit Dave Johnson on the hand with a pitch, a fastball riding up and in on Johnson, and he was just not quick enough to get out of the way, and John Gordon is looking at it through the binoculars, and it appears to be his left hand or wrist. Ralph Salvon and uh, manager Earl Weaver are there, along with coach Billy Hunter and uh, Mark Belanger. Uh, Perry just had the pitch get away from him. It was a, a good fastball, but it was riding up and in on the right-hand hitting Johnson, and Dave just was not quick enough in trying to get out of the way, and the ball nicked him on the hand, and the temperature, we're not sure now whether it's hand or wrist, temperature being what it is in Minnesota today, it is even more uncomfortable than it might ordinarily be. Naturally, the hope is that it can be just a bruise and that uh, Johnson would be able to continue. But uh, Ralph Salvan, the Orioles' very capable trainer, is uh, administering whatever first aid he can at this moment to see if he can alleviate the situation. John Gordon's been looking at it with the binoculars. John? It appears that Dave's going to be all right as he's going to stay in the game and go down to first. And Chucky was hit right in the V of the hand, right between the thumb and the uh, first finger. And uh, uh, it sung so that when he was hit, he immediately turned to catcher Mitterwald and do umpire uh, Stevens behind home plane. He said, help me. You know, I mean, that's just the type of uh, immediate pain that he was in. And then with the uh, sting uh, solution that Ralph Salvan has, uh, took a little bit of that sting out of there, and he's going to be all right and go to first base. Well, let's hope so. The Orioles with the bases loaded and one out. The Langer is at the plate. He finished strong, hitting 217, and a strike is called over the inside corner of the knees. The Langer against the Twins hit 205 this year. 
knocked in four runs. One out of the inning, Minnesota one, Baltimore nothing. In the top half of the second inning, bases loaded. And a count of one strike to Orioles shortstop Mark Belanger. Perry uh, ready to go once more, working from the set. The right-hander deals, ground ball is right at the shortstop, and they go to second base, that's one. Now the first base, the throw is in the dirt and not held. They do not get the double play, and the run scores. Brooks Robinson now is coming to the plate, and he has scored. Well, they got the four at second base on the throw from Cardenas to Danny Thompson. Thompson hurried his throw to first base, threw it in the dirt. Reese could not hold it. So not one run, but two Oriole runs have scored, and an error is charged to Thompson on the poor throw on his relay trying to complete the double play. Hendricks scores a tying run. Brooks Robinson has scored the second run. Johnson has been forced at second base. Cardenas to Danny Thompson. Mark Belanger reaches on the error charge to Thompson on the fourth throw. Cuellar with a swing and a miss, strike one. So the Orioles, on a throwing error from second baseman Danny Thompson, have scored two runs and lead the Minnesota Twins two to one. Belanger at first with two out and one strike to the batter, Mike Cuellar. Very ready deal, fouled away. Two strikes now to Cuellar. Cardenas got the throw to Danny Thompson without any difficulty for the fourth of Dave Johnson, but Thompson realized that in Belanger, he had one of the quickest of all the Orioles down the line, and he really tried to hurry his throw and threw it away at first base. That allowed Hendricks to score the tying run, and all the way from second, Brooks Robinson with a go-ahead. High fly ball off the third base side in foul ground. Carmen Killebrew is over there, now backpedaling, and he drops it. He drops the ball in foul ground. Now... It was a towering pop-up, and when it got up high enough so this very strong breeze could hit it, Killebrew, who was on the grass inside the coacher's box, or between the coacher's box at third and the Oriole dugout, on that grass porch and waiting for it, then had to backpedal back through the box, over the infield grass, almost to the bag at third. It hit his mitt and bounced out, and the error is charged to Killebrew. So two Minnesota errors here in the top of the second, and the Orioles lead two to one. Perry's two strike pitch to Cuellar struck him out. Swing and a miss, Cuellar goes down. At the end of an inning and a half now, Baltimore two, Minnesota one. Let's say you inherit a company which is $36 million in the red. Some gift. Well, you get to work, long, hard days of work, and 18 months after you begin, you show a $70 million surplus. And you begin some plans to make that money work for people the way you always wanted it to. This is the story of Marvin Mandel, and the company is the state of Maryland. And that's why this message is brought to you by a lot of people who want Governor Mandel for governor. Remember when Marvin Mandel demanded that the Nixon administration pay for its part in the water purification plants in Maryland? And the administration said no, and Mandel said yes, and the administration said no. Well, the Nixon administration will pay $92 million. This tells us something interesting about Marvin Mandel. He doesn't quit, no matter what the odds. And that's why this message is brought to you by a lot of people who want Governor Mandel for governor. Mandel for governor committee, George W. McManus, Jr., treasurer. Well, as Chuck just mentioned, uh, anything can happen in a five-game series, and a wind-blown pop-up or a bad half ground ball could mean the difference between victory and defeat. 
And an example here of what the win factor may be in this ball game today here at Metropolitan Stadium on that pop-up off the bat of Mike Coyar that Killebrew dropped. Fortunately for the Twins, it did not make that much difference as Perry came back to strike out Coyar. But the defensive players today are certainly going to have to watch out for this win, especially the outfielders on that uh, fly ball that uh, Paul Blair caught in the uh, first inning off of Oliva. The win played a little havoc with the ball, and Blair made a very fine defensive play to retire. Here's the bottom of the second now, 2-1, to one, the Orioles lead it. The left-hand hitting Rich Reese, and Cuellar's curve is in the strike is called. Reese finished the year with a 261 batting average. And against the Orioles this year, he hit a solid 326. Now the one-strike offering to Rich. Strike two called, a quick breaking ball over the outer portion of the knees. Two quick strikes to Rich Reese. Well, the rookie second baseman Danny Thompson trying to turn a double play, threw it away, bounced it past first baseman Reese, and the Orioles got two charity runs in the second. Here's the ball down low. One ball and two strikes for the left-hand swinging Reese. Behind Reese comes Mitterwall. Behind him, Danny Thompson. Quayar works. Outside, low, two balls, two strikes. It, uh, as we look toward, toward old glory out there in center field, it appears that the wind has let down just a little bit, but still it'll be bothersome this afternoon on the fly ball if it is hit high enough. Ground ball hit right back toward the mound. Quayar is there. He's got it. The throw to first, and we have one gone for the Twins in the bottom of the second. Reese is out and a comebacker to the mound. And now George Mitterwall, right-handed batsman with a seasonal mark of 222. And he hit 286 against the Orioles this season. Big break for the birds in the top of the second. A throwing error charged to Danny Thompson. Opened the gate and two runs scored. Hit. Swinging and a miss at the curveball from Cuellar. Strike one. Cuellar brings the left arm down. The pitch is a ball low and outside. Mitterwald offered and then held back in the swing. The count now, one ball, one strike. One out, nobody on. Bottom of the second inning, Baltimore two, Minnesota one. The one-one offering to Mitterwald. Curve outside, two balls and strike. And we're happy to report that Dave Johnson, who took a Perry fastball right between the thumb and the index finger of the left hand, is okay and out there at second base. The 2-1 pitch. Swing and a ground ball slowly hit down the third base side is foul. Two and two to Mitterwald. And one of the great names in baseball, Mr. Frankie Crossetti, field of that one. pitch to Mitterwald, line drive, well hit left field, Buford is going to have to play it on the first hop, and Mitterwald is on with a solid single to left field, and the Minnesota Twins are on the board with their third, they hit, line drive, single to left by Mitterwald, and now here is the rookie Danny Thompson, this youngster is hitting 219, and he perhaps as much as anyone would feel the pressure of a playoff series, this is his first experience. And he did commit a most costly error in the top half of the inning. And nothing would please this fine youngster any more than trying to make it make up for it right here and now. Cuellar pitches a fastball that is inside, moving him off the plate, ball one. 
Thompson is known as an outstanding glove man at second base. He is not expected to hit very much. The lead is first by Mitterwall with one away. Cuellar's hit, line drive, base hit over the head of the second baseman in the alley and right center. Mitterwall is around second base. Mitterwall is going to go to third. On the second base, Danny Thompson slides in with a double, and the Twins have got it going again. Danny Thompson flashes a double into the opposite field in the right center between Blair and Frank Robinson. Mitterwald legs to third. Thompson is on with a two-base hit. One out, and the Twins have runners at second and third. And the batter is pitcher Jim Perry, and he is not. He is not a bad hitting pitcher. Perry against the Twins this year hits an amazing 571. He has one home run. He hit that off Dave McNally. Now the Twins, with Mitterwald at third and Danny Thompson at second base and one away, have Cuellar in trouble. The left-hander's pitch is a strike. Outside corner of the letters, and Terry made no move, just admired it. Cuellar to the wind, and the one-strike pitch, a foul ball going to be out of play behind the plate as Cuellar jammed him with a quick breaking pitch. 0-2 to Jim Perry. One out. Runners second and third. And Cuellar, who was in trouble in the first inning, is in trouble again here in the second inning. And the Oreo bullpen is alive. Now the two-strike pitch to Perry. Ground ball. Hit towards first baseman. Blue Powell coming to the plate. is Mitterall. Powell fumbles it. Recovers. Throws to third. And gets Perry. But the tying run has scored. Perry hit a bouncer toward third baseman Powell. He bobbled it around, had no play at the plate, recovered in time to get it to Cuellar for the second out of the inning, but Mitterwald scores the tying run, and down to third goes Danny Thompson as Perry is retired, first baseman to the pitcher covering, and has knocked in the tying run. Left-handed Marcelino Lopez, right-handed Dave Leonard are working in the Oreo bullpen as Cuellar is having difficulty in the opening innings here in Minnesota. Lead-off hitter Tovar, the pitch, breaking ball in, strike is called to Cesar. Well, this little battler triggered the Twins to their first run in the opening inning with a single to left, was sacrificed to second, and scored on Killebrew's single to center field. The one-strike pitch to Tovar, foul ball out of play. Two strikes now to Cesar. The Twins feel, as they well they should feel, that in that they beat the Birds 7 out of 12 in the regular season, they should be able to handle them here in this playoff. Time, a piece of paper drifts out of the seats, down around home plate, and the umpire Stevens pockets it. Two strikes. Danny Thompson at third with two outs. The pitch popped up, foul the ground, first base side, Hendricks and Powell getting chased, and it is going to be dropping a foul ground right in front of Powell and Hendricks. Whether there was a mix-up or not, I don't know. I really do not know, but Hendricks suddenly gave up on the ball, and it was out of the reach of Powell, so it just drops in in foul ground near the twin dugout, and the count is two strikes to Tovar. So Tovar has a lease on life with a foul ball that fell in between Powell and uh, Hendricks, very close to the twin dugout. Cuellar's two-strike pitch. Foul ball, going to be out of play. Upper deck behind the plate.
Whereas in the National League this afternoon, the Reds and the Pirates, here comes the two-strike pitch again to Tobar. Fouled right at the plate. The Reds and the Pirates were scoreless through nine innings. The Twins and the Orioles got on the board immediately. The Twins scoring a single in the first. The Orioles got two on the top of the second. The Twins have tied it in the bottom of the second. Umpire Stevens is looking at the baseball at the request of the batter, Cesar Tobar. Two out. Thompson, the runner at third. Two strikes to count to the tough right-hand swinging Cesar Tobar. Cuellar ready to work. He delivers. Fastball popped up toward the shortstop, Belanger. Belanger on the skin of the infield waiting, squeezes it for the final out. And at the end of two innings of play, the score. Minnesota 2, Baltimore 2. What's new mean to you? To your Baltimore area Buick dealer, it means 1971. 1971, the year in which Buick introduces a new set of values. Features that will help make your new Buick perform better, last longer, and get you more of a return on your investment at trade-in time. See the exciting selection of beautiful 1971 Buicks, including the new Centurion, at your Baltimore area Buick dealer now. And be sure to check the double savings you can get now on Buick's famous Opal Mini Group. Save twice as much from your Baltimore area Buick dealers because all five models of the Opal Cadet have been reduced in price. And most automobile manufacturers have already announced increases in their 71 models. Get double savings plus economy of operation. Ask your Baltimore area Buick dealer about the great gas mileage you get from the Opal plus the low, low maintenance cost. Room, power, and economy. All part of a great combination you get from Opal. See your nearest Baltimore area Buick dealer now. Remember, for Buick or Opal, you get a new set of values from your Baltimore area Buick dealers. Stop in soon. Well, our 2-2 battle now swings to the top of the third inning here in uh, Bloomington, Minnesota. And here now is Don Buford. He walked in the first inning and was erased on a very quick double play. Again, Killebrew on the infield grass, shallow at third as Perry rocks and throws to Buford. He's a little inside high, ball one. The Twins, two runs and four hits. They have committed two errors. The Orioles, two runs on two hits. They have played errorless ball. Perry's one nothing to Don Buford. Swinging a foul off the protection of the plate umpire, Stevens. Before this game is over this afternoon in Bloomington, rather than a chilly afternoon, it is going to be a cold afternoon. Now the 1-1 offering to Buford. Perry rocks and throws. Breaking pitch outside and a ball. Two and one. Now the 2-1 offering to Don Buford. It'll be Buford, Blair, Powell against Jim Perry in the top of the third. 2-1 offering coming down is low inside ball three. And again, Perry is getting behind to the batter. Don Buford, he walked him in the first inning. To give you an idea of just what a fine year Buford had for Baltimore, as a leadoff batter, he knocked in 66 runs and hit 17 home runs. Perry's 3-1 offering to Buford. Strike is called, and Buford under wraps taking all the way. Full count now, three and two to Don Buford. Perry's 3-2. Ground ball sharply hit to the glove side of the second baseman. Great diving stop by Thompson. A throw to first. He's got Buford. 
on a tremendous defensive play from the long-ranging second baseman Danny Thompson. He had to take six or eight hard driving steps to his club side. Gold smothered the ball on the outfield grass, recovered quickly enough to throw out Buford, who goes down the line as well as anyone in this ballpark. Fine defensive play from Danny Thompson. One out in the top of the third, and the batter is Paul Blair. Blair get a fly ball to right fielder Oliva in the first. Swing and a miss at the Perry curveball. And the one-strike pitch to Paul Blair curved him outside corner, strike two calls. 0-2 to Blair. Perry, for the most part, working on a pitter like Blair, will give him just about nothing but a steady diet of breaking pitches, curves, and sliders. The two-strike offering from Perry to Paul Blair. Swing and a foul back up the screen. You got a piece of the breaking pitch. Perry, looking down the middle wall for the sign, starts his move, delivers two-strike pitch, ground ball hit towards shortstop Leo Cardenas, came up in a nice convenient hop, a throw to first, in time, and Blair retired on a ground ball to short. The batter, Boo Powell, he hit into a very quick double play in the first inning. the wind uh, that was measured around 26 mile an hour towards center and right center earlier this afternoon seems to be letting down just a little bit but still is undoubtedly going to be a problem and a bothersome thing to the outfielders particularly. Perry has the sign for Mitterwald, his first pitch to Boog, swing and a miss, strike one and Powell let it all go and could not catch up with a very fastball. measured around 26 mile an hour towards center and right center earlier this afternoon seems to be letting down just a little bit but still is undoubtedly going to be a problem and a bothersome thing to the outfielders particularly. Perry has the sign for Mitterwald his first pitch to Boog. One strike offering to Powell, change up it in the third down the front base side is Powell. Two strikes now to Boog. Well, the Twins of the team hit 261 on the year and the Orioles 257. Two strikes hit coming to Powell. Perry delivers, much too high. One and two now. Two out, nobody on. Top of the third, twin two Orioles to opening game on the best of five in the American League Championship Series.
Perry's one-two offering to Powell. Ground ball hits toward the first base side, and the second baseman makes the ground behind the first baseman, throws to the pitcher covering, and Powell has been retired. Second baseman with the pitcher covering at first. At the end of two and a half, Baltimore two, Minnesota two. for the American League Championship Series between the Twins and the Orioles for games in Baltimore to be played Monday and uh, possibly Tuesday and Wednesday if necessary are on sale at the W-2 advanced sale window today until 6 and from noon to 6 tomorrow and the ticket office will open at 8 or on Monday morning. Chuck? All ready to go, John, and here is Cuellar delivering a strike call to Leo Cardenas as we go to the last half of the third inning and Cuellar pumps the fastball. Cardenas, who was called upon to sacrifice in the first inning and did so perfectly. Another breaking pitch is low this time. One ball, one strike to Leo Cardenas. Now the one-one offering from Cuellar to Cardenas. Ground ball hits to the gut side of the shortstop. Belanger is there. The throw to Powell to first. One away. Cardenas gone and a bouncer to shortstop Belanger. Here now, Harmon Killebrew. With a Killebrew staff to knock in the first run in this first game, he singles to center field. Manager Bill Rigney has not been disturbed at all by the fact that the Twins, some of like Killebrew, have been slumping recently. Uh, he says that this ball club has been able to get ready and uh, in crucial ball games have been able to do the job. A line drive caught by the second baseman, Dave Johnson, who was on the third base side of second. Killebrew hits a line drive, blood by second baseman Johnson, who was in the Killebrew shift, to the third base side of second. Two down, a well-hit shot off the bat of Killebrew, and the Killebrew shift really paid off for the Orioles on that last swing of the bat. Here is Tony Oliva, fly to the center field of Blair, very deep in straightaway center, in the first inning. Infield is cut well around to the first base side. Belanger very near the bag at second. Oliva, who takes a little time getting ready, is now ready. The pitch. Ground ball jammed foul down the first base side. One strike to Tony Oliva. This is the finest year that Oliva has had. And the southpaw, Cuellar, ready to go, fires, breaking pitch high inside, a ball and a strike to Tony Oliva. Mm -hmm. 
Play hard to the move. The one one offering to Tony Oliva. Change up high. Two balls. That's right. Both manager Rigney and Earl Weaver feel that the same way about this kind of a five-game series, that what has happened in the past is absolutely meaningless. It's what happens right now that counts. The two-one offering. High ball three. Three and one, a fastball from Cuellar. In other words, they will not concede that playing at home is that much of an advantage for the Minnesota Twins. The Orioles do not feel that it's that much of an advantage. The 3-1 offering coming down to Oliva, a swing and a foul off the chest protection of the plate umpire. And then again, uh, the Orioles feel that there is no particular advantage in their strong finish, winning 11 straight ball games. And uh, neither do the Twins. These are two well-balanced uh, uh, clubs. If there is a bit of an edge, it would have to go on paper to the Oriole pitching staff. Now the 3-2 pitch to Tony Oliva. Curve, line drive, well hit, deep right field. Frank Robinson can't get to it. It bounces off the wall. Frank is running it down. Oliva going for two, and he is in with a stand-up double in the right field corner. And again, Oliva drills a line drive double into the right field corner, his 37th double of the year. The second extra base hit for the Minnesota Twins, and with two down, the Twins have the tie-breaking run at second base. And here is Brant Allier and Playard struck him out in the first inning. Well, the Minnesota Twins have touched Cuellar now for five base hits, and there's been nothing flukish about any one. They have all been tagged. And now Cuellar's first offering to the strong Brant Allier. Foul ball right behind the plate, strike one. Young man from Passaic, New Jersey, nicknamed Bruno, but for the most part, most people call him Brant Allier. One strike to count to Brandt. Oliva's second with two down. Cuellar's pitch. Ground ball hit right back toward the mound. Speared by Cuellar. The throw to first for the final out. And at the end of three complete, the score continues. Baltimore two, Minnesota two. You know, United... Frank Robinson will lead off for the Orioles, top half of the fourth inning, and up on the mound, Jim Perry. We owe you a station break. We'll try and get it for you at the earliest opportunity. Frank, first ball hitting on the second inning, fly to the right fielder, Tony Oliva. Here's Perry's look for the sign, and the twin right-hander delivers the first offering to Frank. High ball one, and we pause for station identification. This is the Baltimore Orioles Baseball Network. Hi, Ted Steele here, your morning host on WBAL. Let me help you start the day Monday through Saturday, 5 to 10 a.m. on Radio 11 WBAL in Baltimore. Playing a ground ball base hit through the first base side of the infield. Frank Robinson singles to right field to start the Orioles in their half of the fourth inning. And the batter now will be Elrod Hendricks. He singled to right for the Orioles' first hit of the game in the second inning. Lead-off single by Frank Robinson. Tovar. Cutting now well toward the alley in deep right center to Elrod Hendricks. And Oliva is backing off straight away in right field and signing to the left fielder, Brant Allier, come along more to the alley in left center field. And Allier may have moved uh, half a dozen steps or more. Hendricks uh, normally a dead pull hitter. Perry ready to go. The right-handed first offering to the rod is too high. Ball one. The infield overshift does not match the outfield overshift against Hendricks. The outfield is really cut around to the right field side, but the infield is just cut over to the first base side in a normal fashion to a left-handed batter. Now Perry with a 1-0 pitch to Hendricks. Quick throw to first, Frank dives back safely. It 
was pretty close to that. Perry with a good quick move. Time is called. Frank Robinson now is uh, getting up to dust the uniform at first base. Also checking a hand on that head first dive to the bag. That's the way many a player has jammed a finger or a wrist. And Frank is now shaking his left wrist uh, just a little bit. Now indicates he's ready to go. So Frank again establishes the lead at first base. One ball, no strikes to Hendricks, and Perry ready to work once more. And the right-hander kicks and throws. Swing and a ground ball by the first base and out of the right field for the base hit. Frank is on his way to third. Hendricks will hold at first base. He's two for two against Perry, and the Orioles, with nobody out, have runners at first and third, and the new batter is Brooks Robinson. So we were mentioning the fact that Cuellar was having his difficulties with the Minnesota Twins in the opening inning. And I think the same can be said of Jim Perry of the Twins. The Oriole bats have given him problems. The Orioles now are on the board with four bases. Hendricks two for two, just singled by first baseman Rich Reese into right field. And the batter is Brooks Robinson. He's singled in the second inning. The pitch coming to Brooks. Fly ball, well hit, right field, tagging a third is Frank Robinson. Back and waiting is Tony Oliva. Oliva makes the catch here as Frank Robinson coming to the plate with a go-ahead run, and there's no throw directed that way. Brooks Robinson with a sacrifice fly deep in the alley in right center. Knocks in run number three for the Orioles this afternoon. And it is a three-to-two ball game. One out, Hendricks holding first. And the batter is Dave Johnson. He was hit by a pitch in the first inning. Getting right between the thumb and the index finger of the left hand. Perry's first offering today. Ground a foul ball out of play behind the plate. One strike to Johnson. A little stirring around in the twin bullpen area, but no activity. The Orioles at one time this afternoon had warned right-hander Dave Leonard and left-hander Marcelino Lopez. The one-strike pitch for Johnson. Fly ball hit it in his center field. It's going to drop in for the base hit. Elrod Hendricks down to second. Will hold there as Dave Johnson lines a single to center field. The Orioles' third hit of this inning. And now the hit total on the board for the Orioles matches that of the Minnesota Twins. Time is called. And uh, the affable uh, skipper, Bill Rigney of the Minnesota Twins, is headed for the mound to talk to his pitcher, Perry. And now there is activity in the Minnesota Twin bullpen. George Mitterwald is also up on the mound listening to skipper Bill Rigney. In this situation, sometimes the catcher Mitterwall can offer as much as anyone about uh, what Perry can do to help himself, that perhaps Mitterwald would feel a certain pitch is functioning, is working better than another, and let's try to stay with it a bit more. Billy Zepp, Zepp is now throwing in the twin bullpen, Zepp, a right-hander. Time, Rigney wants to talk to Stevens, the plate umpire. And uh, whatever his point was is between Mr. Stevens and Mr. Rigney. We uh, may find out a little bit later, but it didn't take Rigney very long. One out of the inning, Oriole runners, first and second, Baltimore three, Minnesota two, in the top of the fourth. And Perry now facing Mark Belanger. Foul ball is it out of play behind the plate. Strike one to Mark. The Orioles with three hits to produce a tie-breaking run in the top of the fourth. to go. The right hand is one strike offering to Belanger is blown away to even the count at one and one.
Right-handed Billy Zapp throwing in the Minnesota Twin bullpen. The Orioles have Nick Perry for three hits in the run here in this inning. And they're on the board now with five bases. The Twins also have Nick Cuellar, the Orioles starter, for five bases. Pitch to Belanger, ground, a foul ball going to be out of play behind the plate. And the count to one ball and two strikes. Repeating for some of you who may have missed it, the Cincinnati Reds shut out the Pittsburgh Pirates, winning a 3 to nothing 10 inning ball game in Pittsburgh this afternoon. Here, the Orioles 3, the Twins 2. We're on the top of the fourth inning. One out, runners at first and second. Pitch to Belanger, low and away, to even the count of two balls and two strikes. Hendricks, the lead runner at second. Dave Johnson, whose bat just produced uh, the third run, is at first base. Or helps produce it. Now the 2-2 offering to Belanger. Check swing foul behind the plate. A pitch that was coming up and in on Belanger. He rocked out of the way and the ball makes the bat foul. The actual run batted in, of course, went to Brooks Robinson on the sacrifice fly. the 2-2 offering to Mark Belanger. Perry throws. Ground ball hit down the third base side. It's a foul ball. Foul ball. Wide of the bag at third. Again, it's requested time, and it summoned Mitterwald, his catcher, to the mound. This could be as simple as well. Let's change the indicator. Now we'll... Or I'll do this with a pitch if we didn't know that I'll do this with the next one. Now the 2-2 offering coming to Blanchard. Ground ball right back by Perry. Offers to up. The shortstop charges in. Barehanded pickup. Looks around with no play, and the bases are loaded. A ground ball back to the mound, off the glove of Perry, charging shortstop Cardenas, fielded it with his bare hand, looked first at third, had no play, and everybody has reached, and Belanger is on, with an infield base hit, off the glove of pitcher Jim Perry, the Orioles' fourth hit of the inning. The bases are loaded. This will be the second time this afternoon the Orioles have loaded the bases against Jim Perry, and at the plate now is Mike Cuellar. Cuellar, as a batter in the second inning, went down swinging. One out. The sacks are loaded. Belanger at first, Johnson at second, Hendricks at third. The Orioles three, the Twins two in the top of the fourth. Perry is ready to go. It's pitched to Cuellar. High ball one. It is not uh, the kind of an afternoon to a pitcher's liking in Minnesota, though the sun is shining brightly. It is a cool, a chilly sort of an afternoon and getting colder. Pitch coming down, swinging a high fly ball down the right field side, but it's going to be foul. Chasing it now comes Oliva over in the corner, or is it foul? It is a fair ball, home run. A grand slam for Cuellar. This ball was foul, and the wind blew it back in right alongside of the foul pole in the right field corner, and Cuellar has hit a grand slam home run, and the Orioles are on top 7-2. to two. 
It was a definitely a foul ball down that right field line, but that wind that's flowing straight away to center field just kept nudging it, nudging it, nudging it, and it went right by the foul pole into the seats in the right field corner for a grand slam for Cuellar. Well, we mentioned the wind would be a factor in the ball game this afternoon, and it certainly was in this drive hit by Mike Cuellar. Here is Buford. Ball one, low inside to Don. Cuellar's third home run of 1970. And that would be, I believe, the eighth Oriole Grand Slam home run in 1970. High fly ball, deep right field. Back goes Oliva. Back on the warning track. Looking up, it is gone. Buford has hit a solo shot into the right field seat. And the Orioles have an 8-2 lead. And here comes Rigney. And how this ball game all of a sudden turned around. On one pitch to Cuellar, a grand slam. Buford then follows with a solo home run, and the Orioles have an 8-2 lead over the Twins in the top of the fourth inning with only one out, and the sign has gone to the Minnesota bullpen, and Billy Zepp is to be summoned. So while the new pitcher makes his way to the mound, let's pause for a minute. The spacecraft heads for the moon. And the race car takes another lap at Indianapolis. What do these two vehicles have in common? They're both the product of long years of scientific testing. They both require special care, special fuel, and special lubrication. And your family car isn't any different. It needs special lubrication to protect its vital engine parts from everyday friction and wear. It needs SCP oil treatment. The same SCP oil treatment race car drivers like Mario Andretti rely on to keep their high-powered machines in the race mile after pounding mile. SCP lubricates vital engine parts better than regular motor oil alone. Keeps any engine on or off the track running smoother, cooler, quieter, longer. SCP, like the high-compression engine in the car you drive, is a product of the space age. At your service station, add a can of SCP to your oil and keep that engine running racer sharp. Zepp from the University of Michigan and Detroit, Michigan, coming in in relief of 24-game winner Jim Perry for the Minnesota Twins. And here are Perry's total, three and a third innings pitch. He gave up eight hits. And as we mentioned earlier, this is not unusual. Perry, who uh, pitched almost 20 innings against the uh, Birds this year in the 20 frames that he worked, gave up 28 hits and was bounced around pretty good by the Bird Bats in his regular season performances against Baltimore. And in the three and a third that he works today, he gives up eight hits. He struck out one, that was Clayarm in the second inning, and he walked one, that was Buford, the leadoff man. He is uh, charged with eight runs, seven of which are earned, and he gives up a grand slam home run to Mike Clayar, and then a solo shot, back-to-back homer by uh, Don Buford. Perry, in his uh, three previous appearances against the uh, Orioles, had given up with two home runs here in this game. In the three and a third that he works, he gives up two. Now, here are the... Uh, Statistics on Zapp, who comes in for uh, the uh, Twins. He appeared in 43 games in the regular season, won four and lost one uh, nine and lost four, and uh, pitched 151 innings. Against the Orioles, he appeared in uh, four games, two starting and two relieving, and no record, pitched 15 innings with a 3.00 earned run average. Chuck? Okay, John, here we go. With Blair against the right-handed Billy Zapp. Ball one is inside the ball. He has fly to right and bounced too short in two previous turns. 
and suddenly the Orioles have a six-run lead over the Twins here at the Mets. Now the one-nothing pitch. High ball two. But as it is true of Fenway Park in Boston, it is also true of this ballpark in Minneapolis that great big leads can go up in smoke without any difficulty at all. Here's the ball free to Blair. He started to go and held back on the swing. And when you have teams like the Twins and the Orioles with a lot of powerful hitters and a kind of a short ballpark in air that allows the ball to really carry, 3-0 pitch to Blair, strike is called. 3-1 now. It is hard to say how much of a lead is a comfortable lead. But right now, the Orioles lead by 6, 8-2. The 3-1 to Blair, ground ball foul down third base side. 3-2 to Paul Blair. wasn't too long ago that Perry had himself something like a five-run lead going for his 25th win of the year, and it disappeared in this ballpark. 3-2 pitch. Swing and a miss at a good curveball from Zepp, and Blair is the second out of the inning. Coming to the plate now is the ninth Oriole hitter of this frame, Boog Powell. Boog in the first inning hit into a double play. In the third inning, hit a ground ball to the right side of the first baseman. It got by Reese, but second baseman Thompson fielded the ball and threw to the pitcher covering to get Boog. Well, of all of the improbable home run clouders on the Oriole ball club, Quayar has to be near the top of the list. But a grand slam home run to pitch to Powell in the dirt and a ball. The Orioles, eight runs and eight hits. The Minnesota Twins, two runs on five. Now the one-nothing pitch coming to Boog. Swing, and he didn't get it. One ball, one strike. That challenged him with a good fastball and got it by him. Powell may have gotten a little piece of it, a foul tip. And there is more activity now as we look toward the Minnesota Twin bullpen. Another right-hander is warning. And the 1-1 offering coming to Powell. High fly ball deep in the left center field. Back goes Allier on the warning track. Looking up and it is gone. Home run to Powell. A towering fly ball deep in the alley in left center field that just kept carrying and carrying and carrying. And Powell has hit the Orioles' third home run in this inning. And for Boog in 70, he has 36 home runs. And the cannonading is rather intense here at the Mets this afternoon. And now for the second time in this inning comes Frank Robinson. He started this top of the fourth with a ground single to right field. The pitch to Frank. Swing and a miss. Strike one. Well, Powell has chipped in with a run-producing homer. A 407-foot job, they say. One strike to Frank Robinson. Zepp in relief of Perry. Throws. Breaking ball gets fouled down the third base side. Bounced by the coach, Billy Hunter. Fiat and Woodson, a pair of right-handers, are warming in the Minnesota Twin bullpen. The Orioles nine of the Twins two in the top of the fourth. Zepp working two strikes to Frank. It's outside for a ball. A 
strike three call. Frank Robinson is called out of strikes, but the Orioles with a walloping seven runs and seven hits in the fourth at the end of three and a half. Baltimore nine, the Twins two. It can strike any time. That's nine hunger for something fresh and delicious. And if you're <laughs> an Utz nut, that can mean only one thing. Utz potato chips. If you're a smart Utz nut, you'll have stored plenty on the kitchen shelf for just such an occasion. If not, well, you'll just have to make a trip to the store. Because when <laughs> an Utz nut gets hungry for those good and fresh Utz potato chips, nothing else will do. mentioned that's the eighth Grand Slam home run by the Orioles this year. The first by a pitcher as Cuellar hits the Grand Slammer in the top of the fourth to help the Orioles to their big 9-2 lead at the moment. And also after Cuellar hit the Grand Slammer, Buford followed with a solo shot to right field. And it's the 11th time this year that the Orioles have had back-to-back -back home runs. Don't forget now, tickets for the playoff game between the Orioles and the Twins to be played Monday are on sale at the W2 advanced sale window until 6 this evening, and will be on sale tomorrow until 6 from 12 to 6. Here's the bottom of the fourth now, and the big lead, and here's Chuck. Rich Reese steps in and gets the ground ball, hits towards shortstop Belanger, right off the left knee, he plays it, guns the throw to Powell, he's out at first base. One pitch, and Reese is gone, and the ground ball to Belanger. Now George Mitterwald. Mitterwald is the new batter, and uh, the Twins uh, still have the bullpen going. It looks like Williams is still throwing out there. As they work their way along toward the, or Woodson it is rather, uh, toward the bottom of the batting order, if somebody is able to reach, no doubt, manager uh, Brigney will be inserting a pinch hitter. Here is the ball one inside now to George Mitterwald. And the pitch. Swing and a foul tip in the dirt behind the plate. One ball, one strike to Mitterwald. Now the 1-1 one -one offering coming down to Mitterwald. One out and nobody on. The Cuellar rocks and throws. Low with a screwball. Two balls and a strike. The 2-1 offering to Mitterwald. Swing and a foul behind the plate. Two balls, two strikes. Ready with a 2 2 offering to Mitterwald. Five, all three, full count now, three and two. Well, little did we realize what a uh, difference wind would make in this ball game this afternoon until we watched the fly ball hit by Quayar. Now the 3 2 pitch coming down to George Mitterwald. Quayar steps and throws. Ground ball hit third day play. Off the shoulder of Brooks Robinson out into left field, and Mitterwald has reached. This one carried right off the left shoulder of Brooks Robinson. And we'll see whether the official scorer rules base hit or an error. The hit sign is on the board. A smash down third base way to the band hop. Caramdorf looks his left shoulder into left field. 
And the Twins have their sixth base hit. Mitterwald at first. And at the plate now is Danny Thompson. Right-hand swinging twin second baseman who doubled in the alley in right center in the second inning. The pitch to uh, Thompson. Ground ball hit toward the charging shortstop. Belanger's left-hand pickup. Throw to second. No, he is safe at second base. Belanger gambled on the front man and couldn't get him. It was a slow roller. Hit by the third base side of the mound. Belanger charged into the infield grass, made the glove hand pickup, and a reverse throw behind him towards second base. Not in time for Mitterwald. And uh, reaching at, at second base, Mitterwald, and on the fielder's choice, Thompson has reached. And the Twins, with uh, one out now, have runners at first and second base. The pitcher, the due batter, and let's see who manager Bill Rigney will be sending out here. John? Chuck, one comment on the uh, very sharply hit ball that went for a hit for Mitterwald. It's uh, caromed off of the left shoulder of Brooks Robinson, and Brooks is all right. Perhaps his pride has hurt a little bit more than anything else for the fact that he didn't make another outstanding play or a usual outstanding play. But it did take a very sharp cam off of his shoulder, and we watched uh, for a pitch or two as Brooks is rubbing it, and it's clear uh, that he has the uh, soreness out of it now. The uh, pinch batter is going to be Bob Allison, who just uh, yesterday announced his retirement, effective uh, October 19th after a long Major League career. And he will pinch bat for Bill Zapp. Woodson is still uh, loosening up in the Minnesota bullpen, so we look for him to be the uh, next pitcher in the top of the fifth inning. Chuck? Well, Bob Allison is not the only one who announced his retirement. Uh, the Cleveland Indians uh, announced that Vern Fuller had also retired. He was finishing his baseball career this year. In bygone years, Allison had been quite a slugging star for the Minnesota Twins. This year, he is hitting 208. One out, runners at first and second base. Cuellar, the Oriole left-hander, comes to the plate. The pitch is high and away. Ball one to Allison. Behind Allison, leadoff hitter Tobar. And there has been some idle speculation that Allison may leave Minnesota and go to Detroit to become a coach for manager Billy Martin. Outside ball two to Allison. It is, however, just idle speculation at the moment. The chances are just as good that Allison would continue in the twin organization. Perhaps better that he would. Now the 2 nothing pitch to Bob. Swing a foul back to the screen. The two balls and one strike. Now the Oriole bullpen is warming, and Dick Hall jumps up and begins to loosen a little bit. Dick Woodson is throwing in the twin bullpen. It's been a free-swinging contest. One out, runners at first and second base. Cuellar's pitch to Allison is fouled out of play behind the plate, and the count now is two and two. Allison is batting for Billy Zett, who pitched in relief of starter Perry until the Orioles exploded in a seven-run top half of the fourth inning and lead nine to two. Cuellar's 2-2 to Bob Allison. High and away, ball three. Three balls, two strikes to Allison. Both the plate and the mound still in sunshine, but those shadows will be reaching out there momentarily. Now the 3-2 to Allison. Cuellar throws a foul ball out of play behind the plate. And it holds three and two. Mitterwall is the lead runner at second base. On at first, Danny Thompson hit a little bit of a slow roller to the shortstop. Belanger elected to try and cut down Mitterwald, but his throw to second was not in time. Now another 3-2 to Allison. Another foul ball right behind the plate. (laughs) 
And the free two offering to pinch hitter Allison is one out of this. He's striking out a good play art screw ball. And Mike has picked up his second strikeout of the afternoon. He got Allier swinging in the first. Two out, a big out in the inning. And now here is Cesar Tobar with a first inning single and a pop-up to short in the second. The pitch coming down to Cesar Tobar. Swing and a miss, breaking ball from Cuellar and Mitterwald, who had a tremendous lead at second base with chase back to the bag and a fake throw by Elrod Hendricks. Belanger against Tovar is cut off toward the, the hole uh, in his shortstop position. Now the one-strike offering coming down to Cesar Tovar. The ground ball right by the pitcher, and it's out of the center field for the base hit. Flair is in the field at Mitterwald around third. He is scoring, and it's a 9-3 to three ball game. Tovar, a run-producing single right by the pitcher to center field. And Mitterwald scores the third run. Thompson holds second to Tovar with his second hit of the afternoon. is knocked in run number three. And George Damberger, Oriole pitching coach, is on his way to the mound to talk to Cuellar. Cuellar has been cut for seven hits in three and two-third innings. John? Chuck might add that uh, neither starting pitcher, and uh, we mentioned beforehand that both are premier pitchers for the 70s season, with Cuellar winning 24 and Perry winning 24, have been exceptionally sharp in this ball game. And of course, with 16 hits on the board and four innings not yet complete, and 12 runs being scored, it's uh, a sure indication that uh, today's day may be the hitter's day in the opening game of this American League Championship Series. Well, it's a sense that Perry and Cuellar, John, didn't win 24, throwing the way they are this afternoon, that's for sure. But here is Leo Cardenas now, and Cuellar's pitch is a curve in, and the strike is called. It is a known fact that Cuellar much prefers a good, hot, steamy, muggy sort of an afternoon or evening to work in. And this is anything but. Now the one-strike offering to Cardenas. He's backed off momentarily, and now Leo steps in ready to go. We have Thompson at second, Tobar at first, with two outs in the bottom of the fourth. And the one-strike pitch coming, swinging a ground ball, bouncing toward Brooks at third. He's got it, goes to the bag, tags ahead of the oncoming Thompson for the fourth. That ends the inning. And at the end of four, the score is Baltimore nine and Minnesota three. If you're concerned about cleaner air, and who isn't, here's something you should know. Esso has developed a new low-lead gasoline that really does make a start toward cleaning up the air. It's called Big Plus. Big Plus. The lowest lead, highest octane gasoline for the month. Humble could have made a completely unleaded gasoline, but they left just enough lead in to prevent possible valve damage. They took most of the lead out and doubled the engine cleaning detergent to help clean up the air and also to give you extra mileage bonus. Octane was kept high so that 9 out of 10 drivers can use Big Plus without engine knock. But Humble kept the price for low premium. Big Plus. It's the lowest lead, highest octane gasoline for the money. And it's at Esso stations now. Ask for it where you see the Esso sign. Big Plus. And help your car run clean. Well, 
Well, it'll be Dick Woodson as the third pitcher for the Minnesota Twins. We'll talk a little bit about his 70 record and how he fared against the Orioles this year right after a station break. We're pausing for station identification. This is the Baltimore Orioles Baseball Network. Hi, Jay Grayson. Let me give you a list on your way home. Weekdays, 2 to 6, here on Radio 11, WBAL Baltimore. Woodson this year won one and lost two, appeared in 21 games, and uh, all of them were in relief. He's a right-hander against the Orioles in three appearances, no record, but just two-thirds of an inning, and he had an earned run average of 27.00, and that uh, ERA was uh, blasted way up there by a Boog Powell Grand Slam home run here at the mat on the 26th of uh, July, and uh, there aren't too many that will forget that home run by Woodson, uh, or by Powell off of Woodson, as it carried uh, almost to the scoreboard here at uh, uh, the Met. One of the uh, most powerful blasts uh, by Boog in the 70-year, or ever for that matter, on the Grand Slammer. So Woodson is the third pitcher to work in the game for the Twins. Perry started. Uh, Zapp, who relieved him last inning in the top of the fourth, worked just two-thirds of an inning. He gave up a hit, the home run, by Powell. He struck out two, and he was charged, of course, with the one run. Woodson, uh, a right-hander all the way, uh, coming in to relieve Zapp. Uh, with the Twins in the 69 season with 7-5. and five. He makes his home in Lakewood, California. He's 6'5 and 227 pounds. Lead-off batter will be Elrod Hendricks here in the top half of the fifth inning. The Birds lead at 9-3. Cincinnati beat Pittsburgh today. 3 to nothing. Nolan the winner and Doc Ellis the loser. And went 10 innings as the Reds scored 3 in the top of the 10th. So game number one in the National League Championship Series to Cincinnati. We'll find out a little bit later how game number one goes here. Chuck? Well, here is Elrod Hendricks with a high pop-up foul. First base side coming toward the dugout, waiting for it as Reese. The wind is driving it around. Reese stays with it, makes the one-handed catch. He came in almost to the dugout and then had to backpedal down the right field line and foul ground about another 10 steps to make the grab. So Hendricks has been retired for the first time this afternoon, and a foul pop to first baseman Rich Reese. Here is Brooks Robinson. He singled in the second inning and hit a sacrifice fly to knock in a run in the Orioles, seven run four. Woodson, the right-hander, throws, curve, low, ball one. And the one nothing pitch. Line drive down the left field side. It is a fair ball going to the left field corner. Way over there to dig it out is Allier. It should be an easy two-base hit for Brooks Robinson, and he goes in without any difficulty. Brooks laces a double down the left field line, and the Orioles are on the board now with 10 base hits. The batter is Dave Johnson, and Johnson was hit by a pitch in the second inning and then singled to help keep alive the Orioles' seven-run fourth. Well, Hendricks, the leadoff hitter, fouled out to the first baseman. Now Brooks Robinson has doubled uh, almost on the line down in left field. And here is the pitch to Dave Johnson. The curve is in, a strike called. And right back, the pitch to Dave Johnson. Ground ball hits toward the shortstop corner and it's on its way to third. It's Brooks. There's no play there. The throw goes to first base in time to get Dave Johnson. Johnson retired and a bouncer to short. Shortstop mark. With two away and Brooks at third, here is shortstop Mark Belanger. 
It was he who hit uh, the ground ball to the shortstop Cardenas in the second inning, and Leo started what looked like it could be a double play until the middleman of the double play, second baseman Thompson, threw the ball away at first, and the Orioles got two runs. Ground ball fully hit off the third base side. Killebrew wide to the glove side, has fires on the first base, and Belanger has been retired. At the end of four and a half, it's Baltimore nine, Minnesota three. boyfriend, the gallant young nipper, drank his Colt 45 from her slipper. Then one day, by gosh, he tried her garage and caught his mustache in the zipper. People who try Colt 45 for the first time have three reactions. Hmm, I wonder what makes it so smooth. Or, I wonder where all that flavor comes from. Or, hey, this party isn't so dull after all. National Brewing Company, Baltimore, Maryland. Well, we move now to the bottom half of the fifth inning in the first game of this American League Championship Series between the Twins and the Orioles. And Mike Klinghauer, who at the moment has a 9-3 lead, will be facing in the home half of the fifth, Harmon Killebrew, Tony Oliva, and Brandelia Killebrew. One for two in the game. He singled and drove in a run in the first inning and lined out to Dave Johnson on the left side of the infield in the third inning. Clay are ready to work. He's to the line, and here's the first pitch to Killebrew. A cut in a minute for a strike, and it's no balls in one strike. Chuck Thompson has moved to the TV side for the completion of our game, and we're here for the final half of action here on the radio side. Strike two call to Killebrew. He looks at the screwball on the outside corner, and it is no balls in two strikes. 9-10-0, the line score for the Birds through five innings. And as the Twins bat in the bottom of the fifth, they are 3-7-2. Coyar with a two-strike pitch. Outside, one ball, two strikes. Killebrew to be followed by Tony Oliva and then Brian Elliott. Low and in the dirt. Ball two, two balls, two strikes to count to Killebrew. Well, the uh, lead shifted back and forth in the early innings, and then the Birds' big seven-run fourth inning put them ahead nine to three. Killebrew checks swing and the foul out of play. It bounced behind home plate and then out in front of home plate, and it's still two balls and two strikes. Forty home runs, 41 home runs in the 1970 season for Killebrew. Here's the 2-2 delivery inside, and a full count now of three balls and two strikes. Playar has uh, not walked anybody as yet. He has struck out two and uh, given up seven hits. The pitch is a high fly ball to deep center field. Blair going way back. And this ball is out of here and a home run for Harmon Killebrew and some spot it is.
another marker to the Minnesota total here in the bottom of the fifth inning, a leadoff homer. We'll be interested to uh, watch the Crimsogram to find out the footage of that home run. 437 feet. Now it was hit to the deepest part of this ballpark, the Denaway Center, and it was just to the left of the flagpole. Blair went right back to the warning path and then watched it fall over the fence for a Killebrew homer. And it's now 9-4. to four. Twins trailing by five runs. The hitter's Oliva. Now ball, fair ball, on the left field line. Here's Oliva down to second base. Buford is up for the ball, and it is a strike double for Tony Oliva. Now a home run and a double, and the Twins starts the fifth. As if they mean business. That's nine hits off of play now. He has struck out two and uh, given up seven hits. The pitch is a high fly ball to deep center field. Blair going way back. And this ball is out of here and a home run for Harmon Killebrew. And some proud it is. Now Harmon Killebrew adds another marker to the Minnesota total here in the bottom of the fifth inning, a leadoff homer. Interested to uh, watch the Crimsogram to find out the footage of that home run. 437 feet. Now it was hit to the deepest part of this ballpark, the Denaway Center, and it was just to the left of the flagpole. Blair went right back to the warning path and then watched it fall over the fence for a Killebrew homer. And it's now 9 to 4. Twins trailing by five runs. The hitter's Oliva. Foul ball, fair ball on the left field line. Down to second base is Buford is up for the ball, and it is a strike double for Tony Oliva. Now a home run and a double, and the Twins start the fifth. As if they mean business. That's nine hits off of play now. Dick Hall is loosening up in the Baltimore bullpen. Second time that Hall has been up. That bouncer, a little scribbler, just passed the glove of Brooks Robinson down the third baseline and just in fair territory. So the home run by Killebrew, the double by Oliva. And the Twins with Brand Elier at the plate. They now have nine hits in the ball game. The Orioles have ten. Outside for a ball, one ball and no strikes. Oliva now with two hits. Mitterwald has two. Killebrew two. And Tobar two. Thompson has the other. Cut and a miss. Elliot. Strike one. One ball and one strike. Starter Perry for the Twins. Knocked out on the fourth inning. Coyar on the ropes here in the fifth. Pitches. High. Two balls and one strike to count to Elliot. Here's the stats. So look to second base. Oliva has a good lead. Cut and a miss, Al Yang. Strike two. Two balls, two strikes. Well, tomorrow it'll be Dave McNally against Tommy Hall as the left-handers take over. Here's the pitch. Al Yang cutting and fouling to Frankie Crescetti as the third base coaching back. 
And the count remains. Two balls, two strikes. Now the set and the 2-2 delivery. Foul again. This one behind home plate for a still two ball, two strike count to Grant Hellier. Well, Hellier had a fantastic start with the Twins. Then tapered off and went into a midseason slump. But the last month of the season, he's been a very strong hitter for this Minnesota ball club. Foul out of play, still 2-2. Two -two. During the summer months of the season, Manager Bill Rigney of the Twins was platooning in left field with Jim Holt and Brad Elliott. Now Elliott, with his strong September, has won that position back. 2-2 delivery. Cut and a foul, popping out of the glove of Ellie Hendricks, and it's still two balls and two strengths. Now the set by Mike Quayar and the pick. Here's a foul. It's again out of play. And Elliott waiting for his pitch as he fouls off. Another one and a 2-2 count. Hall continues to loosen up in the Baltimore bullpen. And there's activity now in the Minnesota bullpen with a pair of right-handers. Lewis Teon. Leave the other is Stan Williams. The set and the 2-2 delivery. Outside. Three balls. Two strikes. pitch coming. Nobody out. Oliva second base. And the delivery. Foul. Between the bag and the third base coaching back. Three balls and two strikes to Third plate at nine to four. Twins are batting in the bottom of the fifth. Descent by Crayon, a 3-2 delivery. He lost him ball four. Change-up curveball was high. Crayon has issued his first walk of the game. Elliott is on. Two runners aboard for the Twins with nobody out. And the batter is Rick Reese, the first baseman. and Teon are the right-handers in the Minnesota bullpen. A strike and a curveball, and it's no balls in one strike to reach. Reese was a questionable starter for the Minnesota club today. He's been playing a... Here's a line drive, knocked down by Playar. He'll go to first. Out Reese, and there's the first out of the fifth inning. The runners advance, Oliva to third, and Elliott down to second. That ball was hit right on the nose. The Clayarn knocked it down and tossed the first baseman Powell for the opening out of the Twins' fifth. Now Danny Thompson. Excuse me, George Mitterwald, and then Danny Thompson will be next. Reese has been playing the last uh, week with a pulled hamstring, and it was a doubtful starter today, but after batting practice, manager Rigney uh, asked him how he felt. He said, all right. And he put him in the starting lineup. Ball one to Mitterwald. One ball and no strength. There's two hits and two trips, and he scored two runs. Nine to four. The Twins are trailing, but they're threatening him. Here's a line drive hit. Left field. Oliva will score. Elie will score. And the Minnesota Twins 
are right back in this ball game as they trail by three runs now, nine to six. And Earl Weaver is coming out, and that's going to be all for Mike Cunningham. by Mitterwald, Plate, Oliva, and Elliott. And now the Twins are just three runs down after trailing by seven. Playar leads the game, pitching four in the third inning. He gave up ten hits, three in this inning, struck out two, walked one, and is charged with six runs and is responsible to George Mitterwald, who is a base runner at first base. And the new Oriole pitcher will be Dick Hall. And as Hall is coming in from the bullpen, and he will take a very long walk from the bullpen. Marcelino Lopez and Dave Leonard follow Hall in the bullpen mound as Earl Weaver keeps activity strong in the Oriole bullpen. Now scheduled after Thompson would be the pitcher Woodson. And I'm sure that we'll get a pinch batter for him. Dick Hall coming in uh, after a very fine season. In the 70 year, Hall a 10-game winner. Won 10 and lost 5 with three saves. Appeared in 32 games, all in relief. 61 innings pitched and a 2.95 earned run average. Hall against the Twins this year in three appearances. He won one and saved another. He was the winning pitcher here at Metropolitan Stadium. 25th of July in a 6-5 victory. It's nine innings against the Twins in his three appearances. Struck out three, didn't walk anybody. And had a 1.00 earned run average. Hall is perhaps one of the best strike pitchers in the Major League today. In the 61 innings that he worked, he walked only six, and four of the six walks were intentional passes in the 70s season. He has a variety of pitches, and uh, might be best perhaps described with a herky-jerky type motion, and uh, throws a lot of off-speed and breaking pitches, trying to keep the hitters off balance. He does not have an overpowering pitch, such as an overpowering fastball or a sharp-breaking curveball or slider. He is very effective with his control. He's a good spot pitcher. And he's coming in in relief there, trying to uh, douse this Twins rally. They scored three in this inning. They're back in this game, no question about it. Now trailing nine to six. The Birds earlier had a nine to two lead. Minnesota picked up a run off of Cuellar in the bottom of the fourth when Mitterwald singled. Moved on to second in a fielder's choice play and then scored on a Tovar hit to center field. Here in the fifth, Clayar gave up a leadoff home run to Harmon Killebrew over the center field wall. A double to Oliva. He walked Elie. Reese was retired on a ground out back to Clayar. A line smash that he knocked down with the runners advancing and then Mitterwald's two-run single scoring Oliva and Elie brings the score to nine to six. All ready to work to Danny Thompson. Wow, look out. Vern Morgan. First base coach for the Twins had to hop away from Madeline in a hurry to avoid from being hit. Strike one to Thompson. Dick Hall in relief of starter Mike Clayar. 
pitching against the twin second baseman, Danny Thompson. High and inside, and is a one ball, one strike count. And home run for Killebrew was his seventh against the Orioles this year. Now is driven in 15 runs against the Burns. Here's a ground ball on the right side. Maybe a double play. Johnson to Belanger one. Relay back. A twin kill, and the inning is over. Ball against Thompson to bounce to a 4-6-3 double play. Ball for the Twins in the fifth, but they have a big fifth frame. Three runs on three hits. No errors and nobody left. And after five innings of play, the score is Baltimore 9 and Minnesota 6. Will that be charge staff? Better charge it. A charge account is the easy way to buy something, but it's not always the cheapest way. If you pay charge account bills in monthly installments, you have to pay finance charges. Those finance charges could be higher than the interest rate on a loan from commercial credit. Add up the finance charges you're paying on your time payment bills. They're printed right on the statement. Then, check those charges against the interest you'd pay on a loan from commercial credit. Depending on the amount you borrow, our rate could be lower. And that means you'd save money. Stop in at commercial credit. You may find out it's not what you owe, it's who you owe. Commercial credit loans up to $5,000. 17 conveniently located offices in the Baltimore area to serve you. See your yellow pages. reminder that the W-2 advanced sale window will be open until 6 this evening and from noon until 6 tomorrow. Tickets for the American League Championship Series scheduled for Baltimore Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday if necessary. A price of $7 for box seats, $5 for upper reserve, $3 for outfield pavilion, and $2 for bleachers. And the series will move on to Baltimore after a day game again tomorrow. The best three out of five playoff games will be played in Baltimore on Monday, October 5th, Tuesday, October 6th, and Wednesday, October 7th. Now, should you uh, purchase tickets for the Tuesday and Wednesday games and they uh, are not played, your money uh, can be refunded with information on the back of the tickets that you purchased. Woodson is pitching to Dick Hall, the leadoff batter in the sixth inning. He's outside with one ball, no strike count. So Hall making his first plate appearance after coming in in relief and a fine job by Hall as he gets Danny Thompson to hit to an inning-ending double play ball. Outside, 2-0. Whitson right back, and Hall looks to the strike and it's two balls and one strike. Johnny Stevens behind the plate. Bill Deegan is the first base umpire, Judd Sanchez at second, and Charlie Berry at uh, third base. And the pitch is low, and it's a three-ball, one-strike count to Hall. Three-one pitch. Right called, and a full count now, three and two. The call will be followed by Don Buford and then Paul Blair. A grand slam home run by Mike Clayar, highlighting a seven-run fourth inning. Line shot, hit, left field. Pass Leo Cardenas. Hall is on with the leadoff single here in the sixth inning. Nine to six. The Orioles in front by three runs over the Twins. And it's hit number two off of Woodson. Number 11 in the game for the Orioles. Well, the first game of... This 1970 American League Championship Series is in direct contrast with 
the first game last year when the two clubs battled 12 innings before the Orioles finally won it in dramatic fashion. Woodson checks the runner at first and pitches to Buford. Low, one ball, no strength. Orioles scored a run in the bottom of the 12th inning to win it 4-3 to three in the first game last year, but we've had a lot of run scoring and a lot of catching up to do for the Twins in this ball game, and we're at the moment in the sixth inning. Foul to the left side out of play. Strike one to Don, one ball, one strike. Buford, a home run in two trips. He walked in the first, was out on the defensive play of the game thus far by Danny Thompson in the third inning as Thompson moved to his left side, his left, dove and stopped a sharply hit ground ball off the bat of Don and threw him out by his step at first. And he homered to the right field seat his last time up in the fourth inning. High for a ball, two balls, one strike. In that uh, seven-run fourth inning, the Birds had three home runs. The grand slammer by Cuellar, and a solo shot by Buford, and another by Boog Power. 3-1 now the count is Woodson, having some problems with the uh, strike zone. He was 3-2. and two. to Hall and then gave up a hit. And now Bill Rigney coming out of the uh, Minnesota dugout and uh, looking quite disgusted uh, as he uh, throwing his hands up in the air and then back down again. And he's going to have a shot with his right-hander Dick Hall with Mitterwald and Tillabrew coming in. And now Rigney is turning around and he's talking to uh, plate umpire John Stevens and then is pointing to his dugout. Now what uh, Rigney is talking to Stevens about is uh, Strictly between the, there's activity in the Minnesota bullpen. And now the pitching change is going to be made by the Twins here with Woodson leaving on a 3-1 count to Don Buford and the new pitcher coming in for the Minnesota Twins. And it's going to be Stan Williams. So this will be the fourth Minnesota pitcher to work. And uh, we're also having a defensive change for the Twins with uh, Frank Quillacy coming in to replace uh, da Danny Thompson. Now we'll have to wait and see. And that's what they're going to do. They're going to bat Williams in the number eight spot and then bat Quillacy in the number nine position uh, for Victor Woodson, who has left the ball again. So Quillacy has replaced Danny Thompson. This is really no surprise. Uh, with some question of whether or not Thompson would be the starting second baseman uh, for today's ball game. The young rookie who was called up uh, from uh, the Evansville club after Carew was injured. And uh, he performed well on the field, but uh, batted uh, just 217. So Quillacy, who veteran and had a strong uh, 1970 season with the Twins uh, coming in at second base and the new pitcher is Stan Williams. Now Williams uh, had a great season for the Minnesota Ball Club. He won 10, lost just one. He saved 15 games and he is the uh, right-handed half, so to speak, of the fine Minnesota bullpen with uh, Ron Paranowski, the left-hander, uh, of course the other top reliever for the Minnesota Ball Club. Williams uh, appeared in 68 games, won 10, lost one, saved 15 games, picked 113 in the third inning, and had a 1.99 earned run average, which was the leading ERA on the Minnesota pitching staff this year. 
Van Williams. The new pitcher for the Minnesota Twins and the fourth to work in this ball game. Williams made three appearances against the Orioles this year, and he really was uh, kind of a mystery pitcher against the Birds this season. Uh, Paranowski did most of the relieving uh, for Minnesota against the uh, Baltimore club, and in the three appearances worked just uh, four innings with no record and had a 4.50 earned run average. He uh, was a victim of uh, some arm problems in the middle of the season, but corrected the uh, arm injury and came back with a fine finish, and with that 10-1 record, he was one of the better relief pitchers in the major leagues this year. He used to be one of the uh, top fastball pitchers in the major leagues when he was with the Los Angeles Dodgers. And uh, sometimes uh, they would call uh, Williams the right-handed Koufax of the Dodgers. He could throw the ball that hard and uh, had a very good fastball. Now Williams to Buford a 3-1 pitch and a walk, and that walk is going to be charged to uh, Woodson. So now we have Williams pitching to Paul Blair and charged the walk and the 3-1 count. Williams was outside with a pitch to walk Buford. Williams was at the Dodgers. He went to the Yankees. He went from New York to Cleveland and developed arm trouble uh, troubles with Cleveland. Sent to Portland. He corrected the problem and uh, came to Minnesota in a midwinter trade. He's come up with a slider pitch now, which is his best pitch. He does not have the speed in that fastball that he had when he was with the Los Angeles Dodgers because of his arm trouble. And the slider is his best pitch. They're looking for the bunt, and it is outside. The Blair, one ball and no strength. Blair squared around as if he was going to bunt, but took the pitch outside, and it is one ball, no strength, two runners on, Hall at second base, Buford at first base, and nobody out here in the top of the sixth inning. The Orioles are leading nine to six. Here's the set by Williams. The look, and Blair, winging and missing for a strike, and it's one ball and one strike. He was not bunting on that one. Dave McNally against Tom Hall in the second game of this American League Championship Series. The Orioles and the Twins. Second game to be played here, and then the third game in Baltimore Monday afternoon. The set. The look by Williams and a pitch. Blair Bunny pops it in the air. Killebrew has it for the out, and there's one down with the runners only. So it went away and two on. Good call to be the batter. Let's pause for station identification. This is the Baltimore Orioles Baseball Network. The sacrifice bid by the Orioles. And the bunt is popped in the air by Blair, and the runners are still at first and second. There's one out. And Powell stepping into that against Stan Williams. During the regular season, the Twins pitchers uh, usually held on for six or seven good innings against the Orioles. Of course, they won seven games while losing five. And then manager Rigney just went to his bullpen with Paranowski. And Paranowski was uh, super in relief against the Birds in this year. Strike call, Powell. in three trips. Here's the set by Stan Williams and the changeup pitch. Line for a hit to left. Here's Hall around third base. 
going to try to score. Elias throw is coming to the plate. It is not in time. And Hall is in safely with the Orioles' 10th run of the game. Luke Powell is coming across his second run of the contest with his second hit. Dick Hall has scored to make it now 10 to 6. And here is Frank Robinson, a hit in three trips. Now Boog just punched the ball to the opposite field. And between the uh, gaping hole between Chubbabrew and Cardinals to left field. Twelve hits in the game for the Orioles now. First off of Williams. And that run is charged to Woodson, who has lost the ball game. Buford stops at second base, Dons at second, Powell at first, and Frank Robinson is batting with one away on the top of the sixth inning. The Orioles lead it 10 to 6. The set and the pitch. Outside, off-speed breaking pitch, and it's one ball and no strength to Frank Robinson. Williams working in the sixth inning here against the Orioles. Low for a ball, and it's 2-0 to Frank. Ali Hendricks is two up next. Two hits apiece for Boog Powell. Ali Hendricks and Brooks Robinson in the game. The Orioles have three home runs in the contest. All hit in the fourth inning. The Twins have one. Killebrew hit is in the fifth. Twenty-two hits on the board. The Orioles in the sixth. And the pitch to Frank is low, and it's three balls and no strength. Perry started. Zepp in the third, Woodson in the fifth, and Williams here in the sixth. The fourth Minnesota pitcher to work. Clay started and gave way to Hall in the fifth inning. 3-0 to Frank Robinson, a strength as it cuts the heart of the plate, and it is 3-1. Buford, the lead runner, at second base. Powell behind him at first. Frank Batty with one down. The Orioles in the sixth. And the pitch. Check swing, ball four. So the walk loads the bases. This is the third time in the game the Orioles have had the bases loaded. The last time they had the strength choke, Cuellar hit a grand slam home run. Ellie Hendricks now to face Williams. On to third goes Buford. Second base, Luke Powell at first, Frank Robinson and Hendricks to his two hits and three trips jumping in. Well, the rider has just got off the uh, injury problem with the third finger of his right hand and a bone chip on it. Coming back in fine fashion, he uh, started playing regularly just last week. Here's a ground smash to first baseman. Reese for the plate for one. Back to first in a double play. Now Reese to Middlewald and then Middlewald after touching home play went right back to Reese. And the Twins turn a twin kill to retire the Orioles in the sixth inning on a 3-2-3 double play. 
So for the Orioles, in a six, they get a run. Two hits, and they leave two off. After five and a half innings of play, Baltimore, ten, Minnesota, six. Marcelino Lopez struck out Leo Cardenas and then got Johnny Roseboro in a fly ball to end the inning. And then the Orioles won it in the bottom of the 12th. Outside, two balls, two strikes. When Blair bunted and scored Belanger from third base with two away. Two balls, two strikes to Tovar and the pitch. Ground ball to the shortstop, Belanger. Short hop, quick throw. Out, Tovar, and a very close play at first base. Nips it first by an eyelash. Belanger had to wait for a short hop, and his strong throw just does get the speedy leadoff man for the Twins. Two down, and here's Leo Cardenas. Cardenas in the game. A sacrifice, a ground out, and an out on a fielder's choice play. Foul, back out of play, strike one, no balls, one strike. Killebrew will be next. Right back with the 0-1. Here's a pop-up that's going to reach. Off to the right. Down to the backseat area, and it's strike two. No balls and two strikes. The count. This is uh, one of the success stories of Dick Hall. He is uh, continually uh, staying ahead of hitters that he faces. He's ahead of uh, Cardenas now at no balls and two strikes. And the delivery. Uh, fly ball down the right field line. I believe this one's going to be out of play. Frank Robinson and uh, Davey Johnson are both chasing, but the ball... Uh, Hit on the warning path and bounced into the stands. Actually, Frank Robinson came along and kind of helped it in the uh, bounce into the stands. So it's still no balls and two strikes. Paul was ahead of Tobar at 0-2 and then uh, played around with him a little bit before he got him on the ground up. That's a great advantage when a pitcher can work ahead of the hitter with that type of consistency. I pop up on the right side. Calling everybody off is Dave Johnson in the Indy... Cut of the infield. He makes the catch for the final out. Paul has a perfect one, two, three inning. It's only the second of the game. Perry had one earlier. And after six innings of play, it's Baltimore 10 and Minnesota 6. There are now over 100 million automobiles and trucks in America. This adds up to 36 cars for every mile of highway, making it more necessary than ever to have the best visibility possible when driving, especially in bad weather. You need wiper blades with fresh rubber. The rubber in every blade goes dead from the sun, wind, and road film. 
and cannot wipe a windshield without streaking. A new pair of Anco push-button refillable wiper blades will give you streak-free vision in any kind of weather. And you and your family will be a lot safer on the road. The big bright yellow Anco windshield wiper service cabinet is prominently displayed in service stations wherever you drive. So look for it. Pull in and have the serviceman snap on a new pair of Anco wiper blades. Or have him refill yours. He can do it in just seconds. Well, we're headed for the seventh here at the match. With the Orioles leading 10-6 in the first game of this American League Championship Series. Mr. Bowie Cohen is on hand today. His top aide, Joe Reichler, also here. The headquarters for the series here in Minnesota, the Leamington Hotel, which the Orioles are staying there for their two-day stay. First, everybody was buzzing today at the hotel, or checking on the umpire situation, and uh, here at the ballpark just before the ball game. We have uh, a skeleton crew working uh, this first game. All probability will work the entire series. Brooks Robinson with his third straight hit of the ball game and the leadoff batter for the Orioles in the seventh inning. So Brooks now is three for three in the game. As he leaves off the seventh with a single to deep shortstop. Cardenas knocked the ball down but could not make a play. The second hit off of Williams, and here's Dave Johnson who has a hit in two trips. Brooks today, single scored a run in the second. Drove in a run with a sacrifice fly in the fourth inning. Doubled in the fifth. And now has a leadoff single here in the seventh. Three hits and three trips for Brooks. Here's the sent by Stan Williams. And the pitch to Johnson. Ground ball, smashed it, shuts up. Cardenas, Pelosi for one. Relay to post and a double play. The Twins with their third double play of the game. And this one was made to order on a 6-4-3 scoring play. Cardenas to Pelosi to Reese. So that erases base runner Brooks Robinson. Two away, and uh, Mark Belanger will be the batter. It's the second double play ball that uh, Williams has uh, picked up in his release. Well, with the bases loaded, he got Hendricks to smash to an inning-ending twin kill in the sixth. Ten to six, the Orioles are leading a curveball for a strike, and it's no balls in one strike. You heard Chuck Thompson earlier talking about the uh, low ball effectiveness of the Minnesota starter, Jim Perry. The same with Williams. He likes to keep everything downstairs. Here's a little slider that's popped in the air on the right side. It's waiting uh, for Reese's club, and he makes the catch to retire Belanger and the Orioles in the seventh inning. So the birds are down as Belanger foul pops to Rich Reese at first base. And after six and a half innings of play, it is Baltimore 10 and Minnesota 6. I remember when I had a thirst for beer back in the 1700s, there was always a great tavern around the bend of the road. Oh, I could stop for one in old PA. The sign of the ship up Paradise Way. The sign of the ship up Paradise Way. And over in Eastern, the green tree was grand. The tavern itself was the bird in hand. The house Jack built was in Wilmington. Duck Street had the old great skin. Widow at Kettles at Sidon Hill. And over a locker's in Elegance Mill. Carolina had castles in. And Charleston Porterhouse Tavern. And Vincent Riley in old VA. Along with the sun, over Charleston Hill Way. And over there in Wheeling, where the widow Mimer sold her beer. I hate to 
with a hundred more. But now I'm getting mighty thirsty for a national beer, national beer. You like National Brewing Company, Baltimore, Maryland. to go to the bottom half of the seventh inning. Birds leading by four over the Twins. Well, back home, that W-2 gate window is closed for the day. It's closed at six. But uh, we hope that you're there tomorrow at 12 noon to pick up your playoff tickets. Lead-off batter, Killebrew, and a smash to shortstop Belanger. So the first, and there's one away and one pitch, and a very big man to get out. In the seventh, Killebrew is retired. With three men on the left side of the infield, uh, Belanger was uh, five to six steps over from his regular shortstop position, and the ball was hit directly to him. Now Oliva with one down. Celebrew was two for four in the day as a single and an RBI and a home run in the fifth inning. Cuellar went four in the third, and Hall is trying to finish up here in relief in the bottom of the seventh inning. Here's the line by Hall and a tie for a ball. One ball and no strike. Oliva, two doubles and three trips. And he scored a run in his last two baggers. Twins got three in the fifth inning to drive Clayar out of the box. And uh, Hall came in. Here's a strike to Tony Oliva. And it's one ball and one strike. Well, we talked to Frank Lane, the Orioles super scout, before the game today. And Frank has been scouting the Twins in the last couple of weeks. And he said Oliva has just been hitting the ball on the nose every time he's been at the plate and hitting it to all spots of the field. Here's a line drive, hit, right field, and Oliva is on with his third hit of the game. Frank Robinson bobbled the ball momentarily, quickly picks it up and relays it into Dave Johnson. So Oliva is on with his third hit. That's the first hit off of Dick Hall. He had retired uh, five twin hitters in a row. He got Danny Thompson to hit into the inning-ending double play in the fifth the side of the sixth and retired the leadoff hitter here in the seventh. Now Elie with Oliva at first base. Powell is not really holding Oliva on. He's dropping back off the first. Swing and a miss, Elie. Strike one, no balls, one strike. The set by Dick Hall and the pitch outside. One ball, one strike. All originally signed by the Pittsburgh Pirate Organization back in the middle 50s. He just turned 40. He celebrated his 40th birthday in Cleveland last weekend. Swing and a miss, Elliot. Strike two. One ball, two strikes. He had a great uh, birthday celebration. He won his 10th game of the year last Sunday. The Orioles beat the Indians in the regular season. One, two, and a pitch. Here's a fly ball to deep center field. Going back where? The warning pass. He caught the ball, a fantastic catch. Paul Blair juggled the ball as he got his glove to it. Now they're saying, I believe, that uh, did Blair catch it or not? Charlie Berry, the third base umpire, is coming over. And the second base umpire, Ted Satchel, is coming in and said, and Blair caught the ball. Now Rigney is coming out, and he's going to uh, ask uh, Sancho whether or not uh, he caught the ball. And uh, he did ask that question. Sancho said he did, and there is one away, two away, as Elie has returned. Blair going back at the warning pass. I guess you could actually say almost knocks the line drive up in the air. 
And then on the rebound and the juggle, caught the ball in his glove and held on to it as he smashed into the fence in deep center field. Elliott is out on a great play by Blair, and that has to be the defensive gem thus far in this first game of the American League Championship Series. Some kind of catch by Golden Glover, Paul Blair in center field. Outside for a ball to reach, and it's one ball and no strength. And that ball is hit right on the nose. Headed for a possible home run, and surely for extra bases, Blair's great catch takes away an extra base blow. Here's a fly ball into shallow center. Out Belanger in Blair. Johnson is there. A collision, and Johnson holds onto the ball for the final out of the inning. Johnson and Belanger collide, but Davey held on to it for the final out. And the Twins are retired in the seventh inning. They leave one man on. So after seven innings of play, Baltimore 10 and Minnesota 6. This election, a lot of people will tell you how much they plan to do. In this election, a lot of people will tell you how hard they'll work if elected. In this election, a lot of people will make a lot of promises. In this election, a lot of people will criticize without being constructive. In this election, one man has a six-year record of accomplishment on the book. In this election, one man has worked long and hard to provide us with responsive representation. In this election, one man has turned promises into positive acts. In this election, one man has constructed six years of vital legislation for all the people. Joe Tidings. You need to keep a man like that in the United States Senate. Making a paid political announcement, Tidings for Senate in 70 Committee, Joseph H.H. H. Kaplan, Treasurer. explain something on the catch by Blair. Charlie Berry, the uh, third base umpire, had come over and pointed to second base and had given a safe sign and confused the Oriole players. Hendricks, along with Johnson and Belanger, immediately went to second base for the ball and stepped on second, thinking that Oliva would be in out on a fourth play had Blair uh, not caught the ball off the bat of Elliott. But by the time that second base umpire Ted Satchel got back into the infield, he informed everyone that Blair had caught that liner off the bat of Elliott to retire the Twins outfielder for the second out of the inning. Dick Hall to open the eighth. Ten to six. The Orioles leading by four runs. And here's Stan Williams' first pitch. Strike at the knees. No balls in one strike. Well, it's Tiot and Paranowski in the Minnesota bullpen. And numbers one and numbers two for the Orioles in their bullpen. Pete Rickard and Eddie Watt. All swinging and fouling out of play. Strike two and it's no balls and two strikes. Dick has a hit. Single and score and run. The only time that he batted in the sixth inning. Ten runs, 13 hits, and no errors for the Orioles as they bat here in the eighth. And the Twins, six runs, 11 hits, and two errors. Merge opened up a wide lead, seven to two with a seven-run fourth inning. Twins came back with four runs in the next two frames to close that gap. Swing and a miss, strike three. The off-speed breaking pitch, and Williams has his first strikeout of the game. Paul is retired as the opening out here in the eighth. And now Don Buford. Buford a home run in two trips. He's walked twice. Twins pitchers today. Perry started three and a third. Zapp in the third inning. Followed by Woodson in the fifth and Williams in the sixth. Zapp came in in the fourth inning. 
Buford swinging. Line smash to Reese. He plays another short hop. Race to the base. He's there in time, and there's two runs. Well hit ball off the bat of John Buford. But right at first baseman, Rich Reese, and he made a fine play. In the eighth inning, two runs. Nobody on, and here's Paul Blair. Looking for his first hit of the game. Blair is 0 for 4. Well, it was 1-0 Twins, 2-1 Orioles, 2-2. And then the Birds opened it up with that solid run for them. Sidearm breaking pitch outside. One ball, no strikes to count to Blair. Boot Powell will be next. Well, the Orioles are just six outs away now from an opening game win in this American League Championship Series. Inside, two balls, no strikes. Two balls, no strikes to count. Williams to the line, and here's the delivery. High pop-up into shallow center. Here comes Tovar in a long run. He's there. He's got it, and the inning is over. So Williams retires the Orioles in order in the eighth inning. Three up and three down. Nobody is left. And at the end, or after seven and a half innings of play, it is Baltimore 10 and Minnesota 6. George Bitterwald will be the leadoff hitter for the Minnesota Twins in the bottom of the eighth inning. The next scheduled hitter is pitcher Stan Williams. George Bitterwald will be the leadoff hitter for the Minnesota Twins in the bottom of the eighth inning. The next scheduled hitter is pitcher Stan Williams, and at the moment, no one is out in the on-deck circle. In all probability, we'll have a uh, pinch batter for Williams. And now coming out is uh, Jim Holt. Here is a swing and a miss by Bitterwald. No balls and one strike. Now here's a Twins hitter that the Oriole pitchers have not been able to retire today, as Bitterwald is three for three in the game. Singles in the second, fourth, and fifth innings. 
Strike two, and it's the balls and two strikes. He had a big hit in the fifth inning, his last hit. It was a two-run single, and it drove Mike Cuellar out of the game for DeCole. No balls, two strikes, and here's the pitch. Foul out of play. Well, this is about the fifth or sixth batter that uh, called his face that he has been this far ahead of at 0-2. Uh, no balls, two strikes, and a pitch. Outside, it's one ball and two strikes. So it will be pinch batter Jim Holt following George Mitterwald and then Frank Kulisi, the second baseman. And the pitch. Foul, out of play. This one to the right. Still a ball and two strikes. Cincinnati defeated Pittsburgh today, three to nothing in ten innings. Gary Nolan the winner and Doc Ellis the loser. So the opening game of the National League Championship Series goes to the Reds. Swing and a miss, strike three. Oh, with his second strikeout in the relief stint. One down in the eighth inning, and here's the announcement now of Jim Holt, H-O-L-T, batting for Stan Williams. Holt in the regular season hit 266. Three home runs and 40 RBIs. He is a left-handed hitter. Paranowski is uh, the pitcher in the bullpen at the moment, loosening up, so in all probability, he'll pitch the uh, top of the ninth against the Orioles. 10-6, the Birds lead it here in the bottom of the eighth inning. Here's a check swing foul. Pass to Frank Crosetti, the third base coach, and out of play. No balls, one strength. Williams pitched well in three innings of relief, gave up just uh, two hits, walked one, struck out one, and did not allow any runs. Here's a fly ball down the left field line. If it stays fair, it's going to be a foul ball out of play. Well, as uh, Holt comes back, let's pause for station identification. This is the Baltimore Oriole Baseball Network. Tune in for the Weekend Gardener, Nick Steffen, at 10.30 Saturday mornings here on Radio 11 WBAL Baltimore. Inside of all, the pinch batter Jim Holden at his one ball and two strikes. One away in the bottom of the eighth. As the Orioles lead the Twins in the first game of the American League Championship Series 10-6. There's a one-hopper to Johnson at second base. Dave to Booth Powell to retire. Jim Holt for out number two in the Minnesota eighth. Two up, two down, and the batter will be Frank Kulisi. Well, Kulisi was in the on-deck circle, ready to hit, and now he has gone back to the Twins' dugout. Two away, nobody on. Hall, now in the relief stand, has given up just one hit. That was the one-out single to Tony Oliva in the seventh inning. Elliott uh, was then retired, and a great catch by Paul Blair. Well, Rod Carew is going to pinch bat now for Frank Kulisic. Now Carew gets a big hand. Carew, who was injured in the 70s season in mid-June in a collision with uh, Jim Hegan of the Milwaukee Brewers at second base and had to have a knee operation on his right knee. Uh, just recently off the disabled list, and he pinch batted in a couple of games last week against Kansas City, but uh, anything that he hits on the ground and is fielded by the infield, he does not run out. He just uh, walks casually down to first base. He is very limited as far as his uh, running is concerned, and uh, he is going to be used just as a pinch batter. Here is a strike on the outside corner, and it's no balls and one strike. 
Carew in the games that he did play against the Orioles, and he played only two, was uh, six for ten and batted 600. And uh, during the regular season, before his injury, he uh, was hitting 366. He played in uh, 51 games, four home runs, 20 in RBIs. He was the league's leading hitter when he was injured in the middle of June. Cut it a miss, strike two, and it's a ball and two strikes now to Carew. Bottom of the eighth, 10 to six, the Orioles lead it. First game of the American League Championship Series between the Twins and the Orioles. Here's the one-two to Carew, and a fly ball to center field. Blair back a step, waiting, and he's got it, and the inning is over. So Hall pitches a perfect eight. One, two, three, the Twins are down in order. And after eight innings of play, Baltimore 10, Minnesota 6. There's a new national pastime, living and making every second count. Pepsi's part of it all, with the energy to let you live big and a taste that's bigger than life. Pepsi-Cola, it's got a lot to give. Pepsi generation, coming at you, going strong. Put yourself behind the Pepsi, if you're living, you belong. to finish it off for the Twins in the top of the ninth as he becomes the fifth pitcher for the Minnesota Ball Club. Coming in for Stan Williams, who leaves the game after a three-inning relief stint. Perry started, Zepp in the fourth, Woodson in the fifth, Williams in the sixth, and now Paranowski to finish it off here in the ninth inning. Paranowski, through the course of the 1970 year, just an exceptional relief pitcher in the 67 games that he worked, he won seven lost eight, and but he saved 34 games for the Twins. 111 innings pitched and a 2.43 earned run average. And a bit of a slump uh, from August uh, until early September, but then rebounded well in the final month of the year. There was a while there where he came in about six or seven ball games and did not figure uh, in the win or in a save situation and took a couple of losses. But he is uh, known as one of the better relief pitchers in baseball today. Karnowski against the Orioles was just super this year. In seven appearances, he won two and lost none and saved four games. There was only one game in which he did not figure in a save or a win. He pitched 14 in the third innings. He allowed but nine hits, did not give up a run. He struck out five and walked seven. So uh, Karnowski, who was exceptional in relief against the Orioles this year and against almost everybody else that he pitched against, coming in in the ninth inning. And he will face Bo Powell. Uh, Frank Robinson and Ellie Hendricks in the ninth. Ten to six, the Orioles lead it. Brooke has a home run and a single and uh, four trips. Bounced to a double play and then bounced out on the right side. Looks at a curveball low and it's one ball and no strength. There was a very interesting quote by Brooke Powell on Ron Paranowski. He said he never throws the same pitch twice in a row. There's that uh, breaking pitch. Here's the strike and it is one ball and one strike which he mixes very well with his fastball. This is the slider and the sinker and the uh, wide-breaking curveball along with the fastball. He's not overpowering by any means, but he's a, a very cute pitcher outside, and it's two balls and one strike. 
Two balls and a strike to count to Powell. We're in the top half of the ninth inning in a 10-6 Baltimore league. Foul out of play. This one shoots off to the left, and it is two balls and two strikes. Well, the entire infield is a shadow now. The sun is still shining here. It's uh, 25 minutes before the hour of six. And it's uh, a little bit uh, chillier. That's our time, of course, here in Minnesota. Pitch to Berg and a cut in the middle. Frank Robinson, a hit. Three trips stepping in. And I imagine our uh, temperature is probably right around that 50-degree mark now. It was uh, 57 degrees at game time. And we have had a very strong prevailing wind throughout the contest. One that I'm sure has uh, aided the hitters in this game. A home run by uh, Boog Powell and by Harmon Killebrew. Uh, both hit the center field and uh, helped some by the wind. A ball and it's one ball and no strikes to Frank Robinson. McNally against Hall tomorrow in game number two. Third ball, check swing, line drive, and it's caught by Cardinals. Well, both Kilbrew and Cardenas were going after the liner. They crisscrossed, and Cardenas, reaching over, made a shoestring catch on the check swing liner off the bat of Frank Robinson. There are two down in the ninth inning. Nobody on, and here is Hendricks, who has two hits and four trips. Valley singled and scored runs in the second and fourth innings. The base is loaded, and one down in the sixth. Stan Williams got Elliott to smash to a 3-2-3 double play. First baseman Reese to catch your middle wall and right back to Reese again. Third ball is way up high. Hendricks ducks underneath it and it's one ball and no strike. Well, our broadcast coverage tomorrow will start at 3.55 with the Orioles and the Twins in game number two of this American League Championship Series. Left-handers Dave McNally against uh, Tommy Hall. Hall won 11 and lost 6 in the regular season. Of course, McNally had a great year. He won 24. Strike call to Hendricks. McNally finished 24 and 9. Nally takes another strike, and it's two balls and two strikes. Baranowski in the ninth. Pitching to Hendricks with two eye and nobody on. Hall will face the top of the order in the bottom of the ninth inning, starting with Tovar, then Cardenas, and then Killebrew. Two balls, two strikes, and here's the pitch. Outside, and a full count coming now at three and two. Here's the payoff pitch. Paranowski to Hendricks. Cut it a miss. Strike three. And that's all for the Orioles in the ninth inning is Karnowski. Pitches a 1-2-3, top of the ninth. He fans two. After eight and a half innings of play, Baltimore 10 and Minnesota 6. Boy, what a morning. Sorry about that steel I-beam, Carl. Yeah. Think you'll ever be able to wear your hard hat again? Not on my head, no. Say, what's this restaurant you're taking me to? Oh, you'll love it. It's a hungry man's haven. Get in the truck. Hey, hold on. We only have 45 minutes, and besides, I'm a little short. Don't worry. The service is fast, and it don't cost much. What, don't? The International House of Knockworth. 
the International House of Knockworth. Yeah, delicious. Two juicy sausages with sauerkraut and potato pancakes. How'd you know? Because I think you're talking about the International House of Pancakes. Oh, yeah, they got all kinds of those, too, down at the old Knockworth house. And great sandwiches and salad. The old Knockworth house. Yeah, big, nice-looking A-frame place. Blue roof. You been there? Sounds familiar. Boy, Joe, wait till you sink your tooth into those succulent sausages. Carl, I don't want this to come as a shock, but I'm going to order my favorite. Yeah? Poisonberry pancakes. In a Knockworth house? It may say pancakes on the outside, but there's lots more on the inside. Well, the bottom of the ninth now is Dick Hall. In relief of Mike Cuellar tries to hang on for win one in the 1970 American League Championship Series. This is Hall's game to win. Possibly lose, but he is uh, three outs away from victory. And the losing pitcher is uh, starter Jim Perry, if the Orioles can win it here in the ninth. Chobar, Cardenas, and Killebrew but with his powerful and fine offensive lineup that the Twins have. Uh, don't discount a possible four or five or six run inning from this club. They can do it. Strike, and it's no balls at one strike. Paul has been extremely effective in relief. He has given up. But uh, one hit, foul out of play, and he's ahead at no balls and two strikes. Came into the fifth with one down and Mitterwald at first and got Danny Thompson to hit to an inning, ending double play, 4-6-3. He at the side up and down in the sixth, gave up a hit in the seventh, and then retired the side in the inning. Here's a pop-up to shallow right. Davey Johnson there, he's got it, one down. Frank Robinson right behind him, making sure that he made the catch. So the leadoff batter, Tobar, is out in the ninth. And a very big out as the Twins, trailing 10-6, now bring Leo Cardenas to the plate. All righty, here's the pitch. It's a strike in to Cardenas, no balls and one strike. To the line, Hall, and here's a pitch. Another pop-up. Possible play for Hendricks and Brooks Robinson. Brooks is calling for it. Squeezing it for the out, two down. Boy, look at that Oriole bench coming right up off to the top step of the dugout and encouraging Brooks and telling him right where the ball is so he doesn't have to worry about stumbling over anything. He wasn't really that close to the railing or to the dugout steps, but the Orioles were letting him know. So, two down in the ninth, and it's up to Killebrew now with a 10-6 Oriole lead. And the pitch to Killebrew. It's a strike. No balls in one strike. The Birds just one out away from taking the first game of the best three of five series against the Minnesota Twins. And the pitch. High, and it's one ball and one strike. The Orioles bounced ahead. Nine to two with a seven-run fourth inning. Killebrew swinging. Pops it foul. It's going to be... Out of play, behind home plate, and it's still a one ball, or now a one ball, two strike count to Killebrew. Minnesota came back trailing a 9-2 with a three-run fifth inning. Closed the gap to 9-6. Two-strike pitch, here it is. Ooh, just outside. Oh, with a change-up pitch. Hendricks thought maybe they had him. Two balls, two strikes to Killebrew. Three men on the left side of the infield. 
And here's the pitch to Hyman. Foul out of play. Still a two ball, two strike count. The Orioles definitely playing Kelebrew to pull the ball, and uh, the defensive shift that they have on today is played off uh, in the third inning. Kelebrew lined out to Johnson. Low for a ball, and it's three balls and two strikes with Davey on the left side of the infield. That would have been a base hit for sure, and uh, Earl Weaver and the Orioles not been playing uh, Kelebrew the way they were. Payoff pitch. Oh, to Carmen Kelebrew, and here it is. Swing and a miss. Strike three, and the Orioles win it by a score of 10 to 6. And we'll be back with today's game totals after this message. There's something special about an oil comfort home. It's a feeling you get when you walk into one on a cold day. But it's more than just warm air when it's cold outside. It's a feeling of total comfort. And the reason you get this feeling is that you have control of the environment in which you live. Add the fact that oil costs less to operate, and you've got two good reasons to consider oil. So if you're thinking of building a new home or remodeling an older one, see one of the comfort people, a local oil heat dealer. He can do more for you than just give you personalized service. He can put comfort in your home. And what could be more important than that? Heat Association of Maryland. Well, the Orioles have taken game number one of this American League Championship Series as they defeat the Minnesota Twins here at Metropolitan Stadium by a score of 10 to 6. And a big hitting ball game it was as starting pitchers Jim Perry and Mike Klinger but both won 24 games in the regular 1970 season. Uh, none of, neither of them around at the end of the game, although the uh, winning pitcher, Dick Hall, and the losing pitcher is Jim Perry. Perry took the loss going just three and a third. The ball game started with the Orioles uh, trailing one to nothing when Minnesota scored in the bottom of the first inning. Tobar singled, moved on to second base in a sacrifice and scored in a single by Harmon Killebrew to center field. A very erratic and high throw by Paul Blair uh, sailed over the head of L.A. Hendricks, allowing uh, Tobar to score without any problem. But the Birds came right back with two runs in the bottom of the second inning when L.A. Hendricks singled the right, Brooks Robinson singled him to second and a line drive hit the left. And then when Dave Johnson was hit by a pitch, it loaded the bases. With one away, Belanger smashed to what appeared to be an inning-ending double play and it worked carry out of the problems in the second inning. But Danny Thompson's low throw to first baseman Rich Reese allowed Belanger to be safe, and it scored both Hendricks and Robinson for the two runs. So one of the two in that inning of the runs that were scored was unearned off of Perry. So with a score two to one, the Twins quickly tied it with the marker in the bottom of the second inning when Reese was out for the opening out of the inning. Mitterwald singled, moved to third on a double by Danny Thompson, and then scored on a smash out uh, when Perry uh, drove in the run with a ground ball on the right side that scored Mitterwald. With a score 2-2, the uh, Orioles then really opened it up as they scored seven runs with ten men batting in the fourth inning. And the highlight hit of that inning was the grand slam home run by Mike Cuellar. It was a windblown home run, there's no question about it. It started off as if the ball was going to be at least 30 feet fouled on the right field line. And uh, everybody uh, really thought, well, there's a foul ball. It's hit well, but it's, uh, you know, just fouling out of play. 
But this uh, prevailing wind that we've had all day that uh, blew out the center field just uh, kept on pushing that ball back in and back in and back into the playing field. And finally, it landed to the left of the right field uh, foul pole. And with that uh, grand slam homer, the Orioles then had a 6-2 to two lead. And then Don Buford followed with a home run that uh, put the Birds ahead 7-2. to two. And uh, then they uh, just maintained that lead. Uh, the Twins got to Clay Iyer in the fifth inning uh, when they uh, opened it with a home run by Killebrew and then a double by Oliva and a walk to Elgay. A ground out moved both runners up and Mitterwald's uh, single to left. His third straight hit of the game uh, scored two more runs. And uh, Earl Weaver then made the pitching change in the story of this ball game, along with the heavy hitting by the Orioles, has to be the release sent by Hall as he came in in the fifth inning at uh, Thompson for the double play ball, and then it was just sensational the rest of the way. Uh, Chuck Thompson has joined us now, and uh, Chuck, I think we have to make a comment first of all about Hall's release stint. Uh, it, it, it's the story of the ball game, uh, other than a little bit of wind, which also I'm sure will be mentioned by the Minnesota fan and the Orioles fans. But Hall totaled out at four and two-third innings with only one base hit, and that was the quality single in the seventh inning. Didn't walk a batter, struck out three, and you just cannot pitch any better than that in this kind of a ballpark against this kind of a baseball team. And it is always so very important, every manager in baseball will say, you know, when you go on a road trip during the regular season, let's say, get the first game, win the first one, and certainly in a short five-game series, uh, it is exceedingly important to get the first victory. And it's strange that the visiting club in both the uh, playoffs today, the Cincinnati Reds went into Pittsburgh and beat the Pirates, the Orioles come to Minnesota and beat the Minnesota Twins. And let's hope the Orioles can continue that spin tomorrow. Chuck, uh, the, the story, I think, to Hall's release uh, was the fact that he stayed ahead of the hitters so well. He was 0-2 to almost everybody that he faced. And again, that great control he has, he didn't walk about it. And that is the story. When you can throw strikes, uh, normally the, your chances of victory are a lot better than the fellow who cannot because a lot of times you get behind to the hitters and then you have to sacrifice rather than not throw the kind of a pitch you would like to throw and come in with something that gives the hitter a much better opportunity. And that is the point that Hall was continually, consistently ahead of the hitter and turned in just a, uh, as great a relief job as you could expect of anybody. Tomorrow's matchups, Chuck, uh, Tommy Hall, the left-hander, against the Orioles' 24-game winner, Dave McNally, and it appears that game number two uh, should be a real good one. Uh, I'm just thinking, uh, you know, I don't. I, the kangaroo court has been set aside for this year, but I was wondering if perhaps <laughs> in the kangaroo court, if Paul Blair might not be given a showboat award uh, for that magnificent catch he made of the Allier drive in the seventh inning. And we were on television, John, watched on a video replay, and it was incredible, really. Well, that's it. Chuck Thompson along with Bill O'Donnell and John Gordon. The first game of the American League Championship Series is over, and the Orioles win it by a score of 10-6. to 6. This program was brought to you by authority of the Baltimore Oriole Baseball Club under rights purchased by Dennis Dunn, Incorporated. Any rebroadcast or other use of this play-by-play -play description without written consent is...